Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and I could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the May 2022 PWCC Premier Extended Bidding Auction Watch Party. It's Saturday. No, it's Thursday, May the 19th, 2022. My name is Jeremy Lee. Before we get to the show, a couple of short announcements. This Sunday on Collectible Live, my guest will be Ryan Carey of Golden Age Auctions. And moving forward, that show, Collectible Live, will be streaming on this YouTube channel as well as the Collectible YouTube channel Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern. I want to shout out channel sponsor, Center Stage app. Download the app for for quick comps, whether you are strolling through a card show, pricing your cards to go to a card show, or you're a vendor, you're an attendee, whatever it is, really helpful app. It's continuously improving. So join me in supporting these hobbypreneurs as they endeavor to make the hobby even more fun than it already is. Also, Sport Card Expo coming up in Toronto, June 2nd to 5th. I would like to invite all viewers, listeners, and friends to the Thursday night dinner I'll be hosting at the Jack Astors. I will be talking about that on future episodes and on the, my Instagram and the YouTube uh, sorry, the Facebook group, so be, for, be sure to tune in. But Jack Astor's at the Toronto Airport Thursday. The reservation is for 8 o'clock in my name. Come on down, hang out. It'll be a lot of fun. Shout out to the Basketball Card Fanatic magazine and our co-host tonight, Editor-in-Chief Adam Gray. He'll be coming out in just a moment. And I want to shout out the Hobbies Middleman Service Trade Safe, your risk-free alternative for trades and buy-sells from any peer-to-peer social media platform or marketplace we've created a service a process and a team that makes remote dealing much safer than ever before with our fully insured three hub system check out tradesafehub.com i want to thank all of you podcast listeners all the subscribers all you viewers if you are not yet subscribed to this channel please take a moment and do so with that let's get on with the show and let's bring out my co-host mr adam gray how are you doing today you know how I'm doing it. You know it's my favorite day of the month. I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, I, I said to Adam a few minutes before we went live, I go, so how, how are you doing, man? How are you? He's like, couldn't be better. Perfect. Doing great. Like, this is the happiest guy going. It's always, always uh, fun. I look forward to this too, Adam. Jesse Craig, Director of Business Development for PWCC, will be joining us as well in about an hour and a half or so. He'll be coming on and uh, joining us for some additional commentary on the auction and to answer some questions and just to just to hang out. Also want to remind everybody, PWCC just released an update to their app that allows users to bid on the weekly and the premier auctions. So pretty cool. I, that's something I was waiting for. They worked on that for quite some time, so be sure to check that out. Adam, do you want to talk about the closing windows and how the extended bidding is going to work, or do you think people know, or should we go over it again? people probably know but it it doesn't it doesn't hurt to to give everybody a a rent rundown i think the most important thing to remind everybody is if you're going to get initial bids in you've just got to do it before the extending and extended bidding begins if you if you get into the auction and we're talking about something that seems super interesting to you the problem is that if you don't get your bid in in the next 26 minutes it's going to be too late so i think that's the real most important thing 
The rest of it, you know, you'll see the clock will start at five minutes and then it, it's re in reality, it's going to take a couple hours to, to go through that. So the biggest thing is get your initial bids in now. Um, I always feel like we should rush through and we should look at as many items beforehand as we can, but it's too many items at this point. So just trust us, go look at those 419 items now and, uh, and get your bids in. Yeah, this is the biggest premier auction yet, although I'm a broken record. I say that every month because they've continuously grown this auction. The first one was under 50. Now we're up to 419 lots. Before we get into it, I want to uh, send a special thank you and a shout out to my guy, Corey Fick from Show Your Slabs right there. You may notice there's a new piece of decor in, in the Sports Cards Live studio here. Which finger is it? This finger here, right there. You can see right there. <sighs> Though it, it looks small, but that's actually nine nine cards in a Show Your Slabs display unit. It's uh, it's the full name bar from Dale Howardchuck. He's an NHL Hall of Famer, and uh, that's all nine cards. I managed to track them down. It took me took me about eight years to find them all. And I found the last one several months ago now. And uh, so Corey uh, generously created a nine a nine spot holder for me and sent it, and uh, I just put it up today. So thank you, Corey from show your slabs much much appreciated my friend let's say hello to a few others we got max tridehall in the uh here it says someone better call jeff bezos because this auction is going to the moon i mean listen adam i look at this auction and you know you want so many of these cards right you want so many but you can barely afford one of them because hey the average the price is supposed to be twenty thousand uh, dollars as a minimum and uh yeah, I mean, this auction is just stacked. I know you've been looking forward to it for quite some time. And I know one of your favorite cards, Teapot calls it out right here. He says, love the loves the Giannis in the thumbnail because right above your head, you can't see it now, but it's the Giannis Prism Gold rookie out of 10 that I knew is one of your favorites in there. We'll chat about that in a few minutes. Hello to Jake Dahl, Mike at Eastridge. What's going on? Studio Sports back in the house. Good to see you. Been a while, been a while. Will Bennett, uh, good to see you. Rare day off tomorrow. Good to have you. Pepino in the house. Good to see you, Pepino. Jeffrey Hart. Uh, Corey says, we will work on your co-host's wall next. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Those aren't cards, though, Corey. Those are actual magazines hanging on his wall. Those are the print copies of uh, Basketball Card Fanatic magazine. Scott Pope, good to see you. Adam, anything you want to jump in with? Well, um, just to show your slabs, you just, you just mentioned my wall. My wife has been uh, bugging me forever to, to frame the magazines rather than to put them up just in their bags that they come in. So I'm not, I've never been the best about presenting things. Your room right there is just perfect. You've got your awesome stuff above the door and your stuff on the wall. Someday I'll be like you, but for right now, I, I basically tape I use some some tape and uh, throw it up on the wall right before each issue starts so uh, i definitely need some help somebody's gotta somebody's gotta come through for me and bonus points to anybody in the chat anyone watching who manages to spot if and when one of those magazines fall <laughs> off the wall because it happened several episodes ago and i didn't even notice it but uh it, it won't happen anymore it only happened that one time this is better tape it doesn't happen okay you, you got better tape now Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Adam Holgate, good to have you here as well. Facts sakes in the house. Good to have you. So I'm going to bring up the screen. Let's take a look. Ex uh, extended bidding starts in 22 minutes right now. So let's bring up the auction. Here it is. These are the first four cards. This is row one. I'll go right to the top here. This is my favorite part, the ticker up top. We can see what auctions or sorry, what lots are receiving bids. 
And uh, there's Jackie. Always nice to see a Jackie Robinson 48 leaf in the auction. Here we have a dual logo man, Anthony Edwards, the Ant Man as they call him, and Tyrese Halliburton. What what do you think of this card, Adam? I mean, listen, it's a bit random. It just happens to be there. Uh oh. Before I turn it over to you, raise the roof. I want to. I got to open this up because raise the roof is a. It's an insert from the 90s that uh, you don't see very often. They're out of 100. You you sent me a link a while ago, Adam, to a Shaquille O'Neal. You're like, I know you like Shaq. You should look at this card. I never snagged one. I'd love to. What do you know? What's Raise the Roof? How good is Raise the Roof? And then we'll talk about this dual uh, logo map. So Raise the Roof is an insert set that came out right after Jordan retired. So it's a 1999-2000 insert. It's one of those rare cards that's a refractor on both the front and the back. But even, even more than that, the surface of this card is just fantastic. I, I have to acknowledge I actually have a bid on this card. I'm considering bidding on this in this auction. Um, it's a card that I've looked for for a long time. Honestly, I'd probably rather get one in a lower grade just because I'd like to be able to pick one up a little bit cheaper. But like so many cards, it's grown a lot. And so I feel myself wishing that I'd picked one up when it was a lot less expensive. Um, but it, you know, I, I love collecting Kobe's from, from insert sets where he's the best player, the most collected player. So that, you know, excludes the ones that have Jordan in the set. This to me is like a card I really, really want. Honestly, it's, it's a great nineties insert. It's one of the best looking ones It's from mystique and mystique was just a beautiful, gorgeous product. So yeah, I love it. It's funny. You, you highlighted that one first. That's one of my favorite cards in the whole auction for sure. I, well, I'm sorry to sort of call you out, perhaps, and uh, and bring attention to the card that, that you want to bid on. But hey, that's cool. And, um, you know, good luck to you on buying it. It is beautiful. I like your approach there in terms of, you know, you, you want to collect Kobe cards where he's the best player in the set. And Jordan is not in this set. Shaquille O'Neal is. And I guess a lot of people might argue who is the, the better player or the more popular, the more collected. I, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's Kobe, but it is a beautiful card. I love how both front and back have that nice glossy finish to them. So let's hey, take Jeremy, a look at this. Let's take a look at this immaculate dual logo man, Anthony Edwards. And, Jeremy? Yeah. Real quick, can you go back to it real fast and just do the 360 real fast? This is this is what 360 was made for. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Go to the back. Go to the back of the card. It's yeah. the best, man. It's just freaking awesome. I love that card. Yeah, it, it is a beautiful card. So sorry, you had I just I, that was one where I felt like we had to do the 360. Okay. No, you're right, you're right. That's a good call out for sure. Let's go out of 360 to save some bandwidth and just I, what what I wanted to ask you about this logo man is this is not these are not stitched logo men and these are I guess they're screen printed or something like that. How do how are basketball collectors responding to these newer logo men that aren't stitched versus the ones that were stitched? Is it does it make a difference to the collector? Well, I think it certainly does to some. I think, you know, some of these new logo men have sold so incredibly well that I think I would be, they probably wouldn't be honest to say, well, they haven't done, they haven't done well or, or anything like that. But there's definitely an old school group of collectors. I'm probably, I probably fall into this group where I want to see the stitching. I want to see the jersey that's around it. I don't want to feel like I'm getting something that's more like a, like a plastic little, little thing. But like I said, you know, a lot of collectors still really love this. And when it comes to this card right here, you're getting two of the best guards from that draft class. Um, and Anthony Edwards, as you know, really in the last couple months has just taken a ginormous leap. Um, I like that Immaculate's doing some some dual logo, man. I wish they would do it on more than just the, the rookies. 
but but this is but this is a rookie card. Two of the hottest young guards in the league, a one of one. The combination of them is not quite perfect, but the interesting thing is that both these guys have real star potential. So if you fast forward five, 10 years, and you can imagine both of these guys have been on several all-star teams, and then you start looking at it and going, hey, they were part of the same draft class. It might become a more natural combination as the years go on. I love it, but it's obviously going to sell for a lot of money. Yeah, it's already at $21,000. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Oh, look at that. Connor McDavid still sitting right there with BGSN auto there's more hockey in this auction mm -hmm. than we've ever seen I, I did some stats adam i'm gonna bring up the stats first let's say let's say hello to a few more people who have joined us in the chat and i want to say hello to scott pope what is going on welcome to the show might have said that said hi to you again already but hey we can do it again we we've got brian dennison in the house cajun cardboard be sure to check out his channel and uh, what are these sports cards I keep hearing about? Well, he has a few. He has some big cards listed and selling tonight in here. Some of the rare PSA 1086 Fleers. So uh, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on those. Uh, Brian, good to see you. Jake Dahl, I love the UD Black Jordan. We got Mac. There he is still. Tom Newman. Yeah, they're out of 100. Those, uh, those raise the roofs. They are definitely nice. Jesse Craig from PWCC jumps in, says, what is up? I'll be spotting the chat before I come on live. Once the kids are down a little over an hour, we'll see you then, Jesse. Take your time. No problem. Take another look. Welcome to the show. Says, love the honest gold. Too bad I have to choose between a gold card or a roof on our heads. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Like, do I need a new car or should I buy a piece of cardboard, right? Exactly. MLW Fishing, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining. <coughs> Marco, love the show. Awesome content. Thank you so much. We'll see you at uh, we'll see you at the Toronto Expo. Sean Gardner, good evening. L.A. Schwine, what's going on? Nice looking cardboard. Happy Saturday. Yeah, it's Thursday. So PWCC did move the, the, the summer premier auctions to end on Thursdays instead of Saturdays, which is great for, for me and Adam because... Well, I'll say great for me because now I can do a regular sports cards live on Saturday and still do this on Thursday. So I'm pretty excited about it. Okay, Adam, I'm going to share the graphs that I that I made this time. So let's go right here. Let's go right here. So this, this first graph, everybody, this shows April versus May. How many, how many lots popular players have in this auction? April is in blue, May is in red or orange. So you can see that Michael Jordan, he leads the pack. He's got over 10% of the lots in this auction. Goes from 27 last month to 47 lots this month. Look, I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know what this stuff really means. Does it mean that people are trying to sell Jordan, or does it mean that now is a good time to sell, or does it just mean that there's that the auction is growing? Not sure. LeBron, 24 to 37 uh, lots. Kobe, right around the same. Same with Brady. Giannis spiked which it makes sense right it, it's playoffs seven lots last month 21 lots this month so the question that i would ask is look if you're an if you're a Giannis investor or collector you had fewer options last month so would the average last month be higher per card on sale price versus 21 cards now there's maybe are there more buyers is there like we have a, it's gone up three times are there three times the buyers is there three times the money available How's that? What are going to be the impact of that? I find that interesting. Time will tell. We'll see by the end if we do any post-auction analytics. Otherwise, 
Nothing too crazy. Lucas still pretty heavy. Curry. Mahomes has come down 14 to 10 in terms of the number of cards. I think it's because football season is just further into the rearview mirror, and that'll probably pick up again in August, September. Trout, Durant, McDavid, four to six this month. Mantle, three to five. Messi hangs, holds tight at five. Joe Burrow, nine to four. Very similar change to the, to the Mahomes. Uh, Jackie Robinson, nine last month, two this month. And Gretzky, I threw him in here because, you know, he's one of my guys, zero to one. One Gretzky. So let's now take a look at the lots by category. Here you go. You got basketball here. Basketball dominates. As we know by now, basketball dominates the PWCC Premier Auction, pretty much dominates the hobby to a, to a large degree now. Took over for baseball a couple of years ago. Anyway, 169 lots last month, 226 this month. Football holds tight, 63 to 61. Baseball's climbed a bit. I mean, the season's, I guess, more underway now than it was in May. Soccer holds tight, 15 to 17. Hockey almost doubles, 7 to 13. I like to see that. TCG, the same thing, doubles 7 to 13. And golf, 4 down to 3. So, listen, I enjoy looking at this stuff. I like making the graph. It's fun to flex a little Excel skill here and there. But I'll leave it to everybody to, you know, kind of glean any information or or, or whatever you may from this. Adam, did any, not to put you on the spot, did it, but did anything here jump out at you? Well, you know, I think that the, the fact that we're seeing um, all those Giannis's is really interesting. I think, I think I'm kind of of the opinion that a lot of times people try to time things and, and sometimes it can really work and sometimes it can go the opposite direction, but sometimes it gives you good buying opportunities. And then sometimes you think it'll give you a good a buying opportunity and it doesn't. So you really just never, your point is exactly right. You'll never know until you like look at it after the fact, but my guess is people got these Giannis is ready to sell because they believed, you know, he would be, he'd be playing really well and looking to go win a championship. And then they got upset by Boston, which wasn't, you know, which wasn't that shocking. Frankly, we talked about it on last, on last month's premiere. You know, we thought that Tatum had a good chance to go win the championship and that still looks like it's going to be true. But if you're a Giannis buyer, I think Jeremy's right. And um, what he was kind of hinting at, it might be a really good time to look at some of these, some of these auctions that, that are ending tonight. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with those. Yeah. I mean, it, there may, there may be because there's, there's more supply. So maybe, maybe the prices come down. However, he is deeper in the playoffs now, second year in a row, you know, where he's on his way. And uh, you know, that's, that's a good thing for his, for the, for his stock. And so perhaps, perhaps it won't have an impact at all. Jesse Craig did put a, a fact up here. He says, fun fact, check his IG story. We have, and again, Jesse Craig works for PWCC. He's the director of business development. He says, we have a record number of active bidders in this premiere by over 10%. So right there, 10% more registered bidders. So I don't know what that means. You'd think it just, you know, the very simple association to make there is maybe, maybe there's 10% more money spent or 10 or cards will sell for 10% more. I don't know if that's the case, but you know, there's more action at least chance he says, chances are it'll be closer to 15% once the extended bidding start. So um, that, that bodes well, I think, for the sellers. What do you think, Adam? Well, I was just going to say, I while you were talking, I navigated to his story real quick. And one of the things that he, he hinted at here, he said, we have a lot of data. We will be going over in the coming weeks to let everyone know that the sky isn't falling. And, you know, I think you've probably heard some of this too. We sometimes move as a pack in the world of card cardboard. 
you can see people who are all excited at the same time at sometimes, and some people who all think that the sky is falling at other times. I think, you know, the thing that I would listen to is the people who have been around for a really long time and the people who have seen, you know, real big waves, you know, both negative and positive. I think what Jesse's getting at here is you know, just watch, you know, sometimes if the, if the market feels like it's down a little bit, that's the best time to be looking at it. But by no means is the sky falling. I mean, look at, look at what some of this stuff is selling for. I think it's, you know, it's as popular as it, as ever. Um, but, but, you know, that may not be the prevailing message that you're getting out there in social media world. And so um, the fact that they've added, what did he say? 15%, 10 to 15% of bidders this month. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that says a lot about their marketing, which is which is great to hear. And you now I'm with you. Like I, this was a this was a very strange week for me as a collector. Monday, uh, Monday night, there were a ton of amazing uh, Fleer retro hockey cards at auction by PC Sports Cards, uh, and I'm talking like Essential Credentials, Jambalaya's Precious Metal Gems, and these are all amazing cards. And I, I, I was I was posing to my story during the week leading up, like I'm gonna go broke on Monday. I bought one card for $300 or $400. I was planning to spend into the five digits and I couldn't because everything went for way more than I thought it was and way more than I was willing to pay. Last night, similar story for me. I had my eye on like five or six 1990s Barry Sanders inserts and I was thinking maybe I'll grab them all. Maybe I'll grab all of them. You know, no, didn't grab a single one. All of my bids were... And I, I've been with two seconds left. They were all, I was out sniped by a long shot. So, I mean, it depends what you're buying. It depends what you're buying, what you're collecting, what you're watching. But, you know, I kind of wish the market would go down because I would have been able to buy all these cards I've wanted for so long. This past week, I could not buy one of them. So the cards I want, the market's up. It, it sure ain't down. I'll tell you that much. Uh, so anyway, I guess I don't collect everything that everybody else does. But uh, that, that's my experience is the market is up on cards that I want to be buying. Do you think it's because some of the cards that you're looking to buy are kind of rarer and um, harder to find and maybe cards that people look to trade up to? And do you think maybe there's other segments that haven't fared as well? I mean, I'm not looking to buy commodity cards. I'm not looking to buy high pop, you know, modern rookies. I just I've never... I don't do that, right? I'm looking for Barry Sanders from the 90s. He's he's a legend. He's, you know, he Ken Griffey Jr., Shaquille O'Neal, you know, that that kind of stuff. I collect some other stuff as well, of course, but when I'm looking to spend, you know, into the four digits and up on a card, it's got to be something that I believe in and I believe in legends and icons and goats and Hall of Famers and that kind of thing. So and I find them more enjoyable to collect. It's 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 easier on the stomach, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I think I think you know I I'm in the same boat with you. I, I don't feel like I'm having an easy time buying everything that I want to, and, and stuff still feels like it's really expensive. Um, the the sky definitely. It's, I don't feel like it's falling, <laughs> but yeah, well, when I hear is, some Jesse. people and I see their posts and I go, well, I guess maybe they're seeing something different, but that's not what I'm seeing. It really depends what you're buying, what you're collecting, and it also depends when you bought what you currently own, right? If you bought it in Q1 of 2021, you're probably not in a great place with it. But if you bought it outside that window, uh, you have a better chance of uh, being in a better position with it. Let's uh, go to a couple more comments here. Tom Bullard, good evening. Welcome to the show as always. 
Jason Mills says, happy closing night, everybody. Adam Gray is the patron saint of basketball cards, and there is no better. Very nice comment. <laughs> Wise Collectibles says, maybe people are just trying to turn their GOAT cards into cash with the economy hurting as to why there's so many card cards listed. Well, for every, and that, that could be, that could be, but you have to look at both sides. For every person trying to sell, We've got people buying. Look at these bids are coming in pretty quick. So, and you know, let there's, me, always, there's buyers for every seller here, Adam. Let, yeah, let me add, you know, the thing that your graph showed really clearly is that a lot of, that there's a lot of, uh, a, great, a lot greater volume across a lot of players. But that's also because there's a lot larger number of lots. Um, you know, you, you, you mentioned it at the beginning. It feels like we're broken record. Every month, there's just a lot more. PWCC premier auctions. And there's a reason why it's because you know, this is, this is a great auction where a lot of high-end collectors come to find big stuff every month. And so you're, you're getting large and larger numbers and always at the top of that, I feel like almost every month, at the top of that, you've got the three big basketball guys, MJ, LeBron, and Kobe. And then you have like Mahomes and Brady. And then there's a fall off after that. Sometimes Mahomes is in there. Sometimes he's not, but, but the, um, the fact that you're seeing more is more an indicator that more people are selling their big items with PWCC than it is an indicator that people are just unloading the goats. Cause look, those guys were all at the top last month too. Yeah. I, you just, you know, you look at the first half of this graph, Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Tom Brady, Giannis, who slides in this, this month, Luca Curry, Mahomes, you know, you can almost draw the line right there. You might want to include trout or get, take Mahomes out but like half of the auction are these six players these six yeah. seven or eight players right so it's it's interesting it's fun to follow this next month I'll try to add June as well and we'll have three months of data to look at and hopefully you guys like this I mean it doesn't take me that long to do it so if you don't that's okay too but uh just to spice things up a little bit just trying to I spice think it's great up a little I, bit I love it Jeremy I'm going to go to some comments here, Adam, while we watch what's going on in the ticker. Three month, three minutes, everybody, to get your bids in before extended bidding. If you are interested in an item and you do not get your bid in within the next two minutes and 45 seconds, you are, you are then not able to bid on that card. But let's go to some more comments here. John Pemberton, give some love to my Kobe Legacy Collection rookie card, jersey numbered 8 of 150. Adam, keep that in mind. Let's take a look at that card. That looks like a fun one for sure. L.A. Schwein, let's go hockey. Jesse Craig, the sky's isn't falling. Reels faux show. Is the LeBron volume jump just the market in general? Is it because he has a lot of credibility as a person, player in recent years with a lot of collectors? Is it some other reason? I mean, it's a great question. I don't know the answer to it. I mean, he was knocked out of the playoffs. Maybe people are, are selling. But I'll tell you one thing about LeBron James. What happens in April, May, June of 2022 is not going to have an impact on the longevity, the long-term importance and value of his cards. So people who are, if you're panicking, if you're panic selling right now, I, I'm not panic selling. I've got some LeBrons in my collection. I wouldn't be selling them right now because he didn't make the playoffs this year. That's, that's a bogus reason to sell unless you're literally a day trader. If you are, then yeah, I, I guess get out, put your money somewhere else and get back in uh, with something that, that could go up. A little bit sooner vintage card collector says i was looking at those very sanders last night as well didn't get one yeah i mean i went over five last night luca nation network luca lebron luca's bronze 
Lucas Tigers bronze. Oh my! I know I'm saying it wrong. Anyway, good to see you, fellas. It's more act. Is it more? He says it's more accurate to say the floor is falling. The sky is doing just fine. Love the show, guy. That's an interesting comment by Cage. Actually, the floor is falling. The sky is doing just fine. But I think we have two different, two different environments where you've got, where you've got the commodity cards, and then you've got the the rare, the truly rare imp- cards of important iconic players so yeah the the floor is falling on the on the commodity cards i don't know that it's being impacted as far as cards like this shaquille o'neal precious metal gems from 1998 that i would love to buy an amazing card i don't think the floor is falling on a card like that i could be wrong i I don't follow every single card good evening spurs cards dave boliton jim thorpe and joe jackson both in the auction it's nice to see Mm -hmm. these absolute legends in the in the auction you know it's not just modern cards not that it ever is pwcc always has both modern and vintage but it's nice to see i'm with you on that dave mitchell grotman says cards that aren't scarce are going way down because they were so over overprinted scarce cards of great players will always go up forever like that is pretty much it exactly right there. I, I I don't think I could say it much better at all. Now, you know, he says cards aren't scarce are going way down. And yeah, they've come way down from their peak. But they but keep in mind, and people might not care about this, but they're still way up, way up compared to January 2020. So most of them anyway, we got Spinatron in the house. What is going on Spinatron? Great to see you. We got Rich here. What's going on? Good to see you as well all right oh is this the uh is that the legacy rookie that that we were just asked to look at i believe so yeah let's take a look at this and see if this is the funny that i just uh just saw it up there but is this the numbered eight? Oh, this is 19 150 no. so this is not the card i like jeremy i like it when people tell us that they want us to look at individual cards in the chat that always makes me happy um you know we i think we're not any respecter of any of the cards per se. We we're happy to look at any of them. So if anybody has anything they want to hear what we think, let's go look at them. Well, let's do that. Let's go look for this one right now. We'll just go back to the main page here in this window and I will do a search for, Oh, thanks. Kate. I didn't even realize I hit that, that comment there, but <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Brian, for that. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed my graphs. It, uh, it was a little bit of fun for me to, to work on those today. Okay. Let's do a quick Kobe search and let's take a look at the eight, the the eight of 100 card that our friend John Pemberton has at auction. Where is it? No. Here, this one here. There you go. Yes, here it is. So I, I just want to take a quick look. Okay, so this is the 96 Flare Showcase Legacy Row 1, and this is the Row 2. So uh, the row one is out of 150. The row two is also out of 150. Adam, I'll let you explain that if you want. I think it's yeah. interesting. And I was under the impression that row zeros, row ones, row twos were all all had different print runs. Yeah. But it seems to not be the case. Uh, yeah, let back me... here in 96, they had the same print run. So yeah, let me talk about it. I remember opening these packs like they were yesterday. Um, in 1996, the Flare, Flare Showcase came out with one of the most unique sets, really ever where they had um, a base set that was uh, printed in three different, three different rows, row zero, row one, and row two. And row zero was the rarest, but within each row, there was different segments. Like 
Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant were in the rarest sort of row zero segment. So it's kind of, it was super confusing. A lot of the stuff that Fleer did back then was kind of confusing. And this set was, you know, not any different. So it was way easier to get a row one Kobe or a row two Kobe than it was a row zero. However, when you move to the parallel of all three of those, which is the legacy parallel, which is, you know, which you can see because it's numbered on the back and you can see on the front, it has that blue foil. It's really a pretty foil foil. Um, they're all numbered to 150. So you're right, Jeremy, that they were different rarity in the base set. Um, but in the parallel legacy, which is the most desirable um, from 1996 that didn't have one of ones, our friend Spino will tell us that too. Uh, there were no one of ones in 96. They're all the same. They're all out of 150. And actually, here's the here's the really funny thing about this. There were actually cards printed 000 out of 150, meaning there were actually 151 copies of each of these three cards. Uh, that is a nice little piece of trivia right there. They are nice. And uh, last last night on those Barry Sanders cards, there were there were two Barry Sanders that were they looked the same, but one had blue foil. That would have been, I believe, the legacy vari variant or parallel. And that one, that card sold for I think like forty seven, forty eight hundred dollars last night. And I tried to snipe it at the last second, and I was out sniped. My my bid didn't even register. I was out sniped uh, before mine mine got through. So they are beautiful cards, no doubt about it. And we saw a Jordan go by at one point up there as well. It's good timing that this that this Tom Brady shows up because this is one of the top cards in the auction. It's a rookie card. It's a Tom Brady rookie card. It's a one of one. It pictures him in the full in the full Patriots uniform, which you don't see very often in his rookie cards. Uh, I know you're not a basketball guy, but you know Fleer Showcase. You know masterpieces. Like, how impressed are you with this card, Adam? So, so Jeremy, I, you're right. I'm not a I'm not a football guy. This is my favorite card in the auction, though. I think this is the biggest card in the auction, personally. Um, you know, I think Jesse probably has some things that he wants to say about this card later, but I want to applaud PWCC for the um, for the content they put put out around this card. This is a one of one, but it's actually they've been calling it a two of one because there is another copy uh, that's graded by PSA. But the thing that I keep saying, and I'm not sure I'm saying it loudly enough, I'm not sure people are, are understanding this card right here is graded by Beckett. In 2004, the other copy, and, and I'm sure it's a great copy, but um, and, and again, it's numbered one out of one, but the other copy is was not graded in 2004. It was graded much later than that. And so what you think about when you see that there's multiple one of ones out of a FLIR product, you, you, you should immediately think about the bankruptcy that took place in 2006. The fact that this card, this is the key point, okay? Listen, listen to this. The fact that this card was graded in 2004, hasn't been touched by human hands since 2004, lets you know that this one came out prior to the bankruptcy. So I'm not saying anything negative about the other person's card. I don't, there is a chance, there's a, there's definitely a chance that Fleur could have actually released both via the packs, um, you know, back in, back in 2000. But what I'll tell you for sure is I'd much rather have the one that was graded in 2004 because to me, that, that sounds like a card that was far more likely to come out of the packs, be the real original that some maybe some kid got out of a pack back then. And I think, I mean, you point to the fact that it's a full body shot, full Patriots jersey, non-practice jersey. It's a one-of-one. One. Jesse's referred to it as the, as the Tom Brady rookie super fractor. 
it's I think it's one of the coolest cards. I mean, I don't I'm not a football guy. I'm not blowing smoke here. I think it's one of the coolest cards I've seen out of football. And I will be pretty surprised if it's not the biggest card out of tonight's auction. And I don't mean to do any disservice to the other cards, but this is this is a huge card. It's a special card. It's already at two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. I've never seen one of these in person. I, this seems to be a nice, some sort of like cloud effect here in, in the aesthetics. I like the shadow. I like the shadow of the it's detail his, there. It's his cool. eyes, Jeremy. What's Up that? The top. It's not a cloud. It's actually his eyes. That's his, oh, that's his, that's his mouth and that's his nose, isn't it? No, it's actually, so do the 3D. This will help you. The 3D will help you on this one, I think. Oh, maybe it doesn't. I'm wrong. But it you can see it. Maybe you can even see it better on a regular version. That's oh, it is his eyes. There you go. There's his there eye right there. There's the eyebrow. There's his eye over there. Okay, look at that. Yeah, it's funny. It, it looked differently. It looked different uh, in the other image. Very cool. I'm, I'm impressed you knew that, actually, Adam. I, a good I, look at this. I probably spent, Jeremy, I probably spent an hour talking about this particular card with different people over the course of the last couple of weeks because people wanted to know why are there two copies. And it's funny because today people don't know about the bankruptcy. You know, they don't know about why there might be two copies. And I think, again, this is why I think you don't break cards out of slabs unless you're really sure you need to because the fact that it's in that slab from 04 is just, it's absolutely crucial to its, its provenance and i just don't think you can overstate that all right let's uh let's go to some comments here spinatron says i was there chasing it when it was sold last time that would be i think your 04 date or or i guess that's when it was graded but last time it was sold goes on to say 99 2000 flare masterpiece is the first year when there was is no rose it's a true one of one so no parallels that's pretty pretty cool Vintage card collector wants to know which Barry Sanders was last night was your favorite card for him was the essential credentials. I mean, it was all fun. For me, it was the, the row zero legacy. I'm looking at my, my ended listings. It was the precious metal gems out of 50. I'm a big fan of the playmakers theaters. That might've been my favorite. The 1998 pre, uh, skybox premium rubies. Love that card. It was a 7.5. It had a weird line through it. So I wasn't, I, I wasn't going really hard after that one. Uh, and then the essential credentials out of 100, I do love that card. I have an Emmett Smith of that card, so I'm familiar with it. And it would have been nice to pair the uh, the Barry Sanders with it. But uh, no go for me on that. Uh, keep, on, keep on going here. Spinatron says 9900 Flare Showcase was the first year there were no multiple rows. Okay, so we're getting a bit of a, bit of a lesson here. That's the upside of BGS grading. One can see the date and the provenance. Yeah, that's... That's a huge thing to be able to know when the card was dated. Huge. And uh, that's something that uh, PSA just doesn't do. And um, I think that's, I think they're missing the boat on that. I, I, I think it's an amazing uh, feature as well. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Spinatron let us know that Jason Tatum, 20 points at the half. What is the score in that game? I'm going to go take a quick look right now. 80 to 53 for the Celtics. Seven Whoa. and a half minutes left in the third. I'm sorry if I just spoiled that for anybody. I just realized some people might be recording the game. I'm sure you're not watching this and recording the game, so I hopefully didn't ruin that for anybody. John Pemberton says, first year they did serial-numbered cards, and Kobe has only has two serial-numbered rookie cards in existence. So that's that's huge. That's a, that's a big deal for sure. And Vintage Card Collector, would love to hear your thoughts on the 86 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sticker. I get it's a pop 14, but dang, last one I could find sold February 2020 for just under 20 
thousand dollars. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, Cajun, that's Cajun Cardboard's card actually that he has in the auction this week. He's got a bunch of PSA 1086 Fleers. So, yeah, what is that card at right now? I don't know, but let's uh, let's take a look. I'm going to just close some of these windows and uh, let's take a look at these 86 Fleer cards that are the Cajun Cardboard has going on. There it is. Let's do this. 1986. It's just below where you are. Yep. Oh, okay. Too late. Okay. But here we go. There it is. $160,000 for this card at the moment. So let's, you want to hear our thoughts? I'm going to, I'm listen, Adam is the man to speak to these, but I'm going to just let y'all know one thing. I do have a copy of this card. It's not graded. It's way off center. would probably get a PSA three because of the centering. But I'm just glad to have a copy of it. I think it's a, a cool. And after, listen, winning time has been extremely entertaining. I have loved that doc. It's not a documentary, really, because it's all actors. But I have loved that series. And um, I, me and my wife watch it. She's, she loves it, too. How much, right? It's, it's so good. Hey, Adam, like, just a great, a great, great series. In any event, it really, uh, it, listen, The Last Dance didn't, 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 caused me to spend any more money on cards i bought all my jordans before then but winning time could cause me to buy a couple extra kareems a couple extra magic johnson's so adam i'm going to turn it over to you why you know let's talk about the the kareem abdul jabbar sticker and you know is it the most important card or sticker in the whole 86 clear set maybe besides the michael jordan so this is really interesting, and I, I don't know that a lot of people knew this maybe before this, this card came to auction. I can tell you it. I'm a basketball card fan, just a fanatic, and I I didn't maybe know how rare the, the, the sticker was in comparison to the other PSA 10s, but sometimes you'll have people say, and I've, I've said this many times, buy the card, not the grade. But the reality is that when you're talking about iconic and important sets from eras that people really care about, you know, the, the thing that differentiates cards is their condition and their condition is signified by, by that numeric grade on the card. And so there are a lot of people who put together 1986 Fleer uh, uh, sets, you know, literally thousands of people. And there's a few really crazy, crazy people who have put their, put them together um, graded and, and a very few number of people who put together the set graded all in PSA 10. But the really totally completely nutty incredibly insane people have actually done the sticker set as well this jabbar as a pop 14 is about three times or, or one third the population as the next rarest card it's easily the rarest card in a psa 10 in the set and you know when you think about that and you think about like you know tell me a set from the 1980s tell me a set like tell me what's the most iconic set ever I'm going to tell you, I think the most iconic set ever is the 86 Fleer set. I don't think it's close. I don't think it's, people say, oh, three exquisite or 96 Chrome or, you know, you know, metal universe. I don't think those are close. Like the the 86 Fleer set to me is the most important and the most iconic. And depending on how well this Kareem does today, there's actually a chance. Think about this, Jeremy. There's a chance. This is the most expensive card in the set. Yeah. Well, kind of shocking, interesting. Right? It makes it's sense. Interesting to- Look at, I mean, it's at 160 right now, and that doesn't include the 20. It's really at 192 right now, I believe. So once all is said and done, and there's still lots of time in the auction, uh, I mean, if this thing sells for 
you know, upwards of 260, 270, 280. That's where, you know, that's where some Jordan PSA 10s have sold for. That could make this the number one card in the whole set today. I mean, I'm four, four now, right? Four now. But then you never know. The next one that comes could go for more, could go for double. You just don't know, right? I mean, it really depends. So our, to our friend Brian Cajun Cardboard, who owns this card that he, he is selling it, you know, good luck. Hope you... Hope you, you make bank on this. You, you've already made bank on it, actually. So at 160, uh, at 160 plus a portion of the buyer's premium, you know, PWCC shares that buyer's premium with with the consigner uh, based on price point. So he's already made more than 160 on this card, and uh, we'll see where it ends up. But uh, you know, and and the funny thing about it is, it's not the prettiest card. Like at least the base cards in 86 Fleer are. I think they're beautiful. You know, you've got the red, blue, and white. You, you know, they're just they're they've got that unique, that iconic design. This is a bit more plain. The back's pretty much very similar to the to the base cards. But um, anyway, those are our thoughts to a vintage card collector who wanted us to talk about this particular card. I'm gonna go back here. Let's see what's going on. We are 15 minutes away from. Uh, actually, no, sorry, we've got we're 45 minutes away from the end of the five minute uh, bidding windows. And I'm going to leave it here at the top so everyone can kind of watch what cards are receiving bids here in real time. And uh, we'll go to some more comments in the chat. I want to see where do we leave off here, you guys? Where did we leave off? August Mendez, welcome to the show. It says Michael Jordan, which I, the limited logo, just coming off the board here, way over here. Uh, so underrated, I can see it only going up. It's an amazing card. I mean, exquisite limited logos are that. That's the cat's meow. Skeppy says that was my essential. That was your Barry Sanders last night. You graded it, got the nine, sold it through PWCC last year, and now it resold. Now it resold again. I guess very, very interesting. Spinatron says essential credentials has some love showing in the comments. Love it, Tracy. One is in the auction. Yeah. Tracy, Tracy McGrady is what he's talking about. McGrady, got it, got it. Jason Mill says the real winning time is about Reggie Miller and will not be topped. JG, how are all of Cajun Cardboard's 86 PSA 10 PSA 10s doing? Good question. I am not. Where do we put those? Here they are. So let's have a quick look. I don't know if this is. I don't think he's selling this one. The Jordan, the Jordan sticker might be his. It's at sixty thousand dollars. We can. Oh, there's. I know he, this is his. Um, he's got the Johnny Moore for sure here. The most expensive common card in the hobby at twenty-seven thousand dollars, and a couple more Jordans. There's a PSA nine sitting at fifteen thousand. That should you got to think that's going to go up to about twenty before the night is over. An autographed MJ sticker that's pretty cool compared to a BGS nine five at fourteen thousand dollars at the moment. And I think is the Jeff Malone is that Cajun's uh, card as well. It I'm might, sure it, it is. That is, I think that's the rarest card in the set other than the Jabbar. And I think if I remember right, it's like a pop 43. I thought like Johnny Moore was. They're right, ne they're right next to each other. One's a pop 42 and the other's pop 43. For some reason, we all think of Johnny Moore, but but Jeff Mullen's just as rare. Got it. Okay. Okay. Let's go back to the top here. There's Kobe getting some bids. Giannis Gold Kaboom getting a bid. John Morant Logo Man getting some bids. There's a... Tatum right over there. Can John Pemberton says the stickers were almost always cut short for Kareem or diamond cut. Yeah, mine is like there's barely any border at the top and thick border at the bottom. Brian says not doing good 
on on his cards. There's still still time, Brian. We're rooting for you. Yeah, JG, we're we're rooting for you as well. We got baseball card curmudgeon in the house. Welcome. What is going on? All right. Oh, and look at that. Jim Thorpe. We talked about that a little bit earlier. There's the Jim Thorpe, the Baltimore News, I think, or the S Sporting News. Mm. That's a pretty uh, let's let's give some vintage some love for a second here, Adam. We we, we the, the auction is tends to be modern heavy, so this is like look 1916 five sport news blank back Jim Thorpe like an all time an absolute athletic legend that's just a that's a cool card what's it sitting at forty thousand dollars eight point five for a card from 1916 crazy crazy stuff hey Jared oh, there we I go would, so let's I'll talk about this because I I own this card so I'm gonna this isn't mine hey but, don't say. You know, don't say I. You got to say we each. We, sorry. We we both we both have a copy of this card, <laughs> uh, the MJ Jambalaya, the '97. This is a BGS 9.5. It's got nine five edges, centering corners are a ten, surface is a nine. So it's got that like it's it's not a true gem because you don't have nine five on surface, but it still has you know if you add up nine point five times four, it still it still scores a thirty eight out of forty, which is pretty cool. My copy, Adam, is is a true gem plus three nine fives and a ten. I'm very always, very proud of it. Probably you always by... point that out to me because you know mine's not a true gem plus. But listen, listen, this is the nicest version of this card that we've seen at the premier auction, I think yet. Because yeah. we had the other one that was a nine five, is a great card, but the color was a little bit, a little bit different. We talked about it. It's still a beautiful card, wonderful card. But this copy right here, I've been really excited about because. We kind of always wondered, you and I have even talked about it a couple of times, what are our cards worth? And yours, I agree, yours is probably just a, 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 just a little bit better than this one. This is basically the same thing as mine, same subgrades. And so I'm very excited to see how it does. And to see it hit 100 grand is definitely a good moment for me. Yeah, it, it, it's very, I, I like to see it too, because last we saw it was 50. So it's it's doubled. Was it a, was it a nine? Was it a PSA nine that was 50? Is there two of these in the auction? Oh, the last we saw this one. No, you're Tonight. right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, the you're right. About time, the last time I saw this go by on the ticker up top, yeah, uh, it was at it was at fifty thousand. It was forty when we started the show. Went to fifty. Now it jumped very quickly to a hundred. That's one hundred and twenty thousand out the door. Card ladder, I believe, has this card valued at about one ten, one eleven. So it's already at one twenty here tonight with time left. So we'll see where this thing ends up, but. Uh, still my still my favorite card i think it's it's like it's like my favorite card of the 90s it's one of my favorite cards overall it's i just love how he's he's like it's like he's jumping off the card i, I don't I'm very yeah i, I, like I don't think card. we talked about it but um just to highlight it real quick we did we did that uh last issue or a couple issues ago in bcf we did we like pulled 40 of the of the biggest you know basketball card collectors out there people who a lot of people have heard of and well-known guys. We asked them to rank their top nine, you know, most iconic basketball cards. And the thing that was clear, you know, if you compared this list to the one that we did a year and a half ago, was that the 90s really has has taken on more of an iconic, like people think of it more of an, in a, an iconic way. Uh, the Jambalaya didn't really get any votes the first time, but this time the Jambalaya actually made the list. It ended up, I can't remember where it ended up, like 15 or 16 or something like that. Um, but um, what is that? Is that coming across again? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, it seems like so, is something wrong there, or 
it shows up as 70 on the on the ticker, 100 here. So I don't know. I can't explain that. I don't know why it's showing 70 there, but 100 <laughs> when you go into it. I actually think, Adam, I think 70 is probably the right bid. It just seems more reasonable to me that it would go from 40 to 50 to 70 versus right up to 100. But we did yeah, go yeah. we did go away for a while though. I wonder. I don't know. It might be a hundred or it might be said. We've also seen times, Jeremy, we've seen times where people have both put in max bids back to back and it hasn't just gone up one at a time. It's really just gone for it. So yeah, I Yeah, you're right. We, there's 80. You're right. It's it's catching up. It's catching up. So we'll see 90 and then we'll see a hundred. I think it, I think it is at a hundred. What what I was gonna say about it is you know, everybody thinks about like these these specific cards as being iconic, you know, the 48. Bowman Mikan, the 69 Alcinder, the 61 Will, the 86 Jordan. The way that the way that like our the kids who are collecting now are viewing it, a lot of them don't look back to the 60s and the 70s and the and the 50s. A lot of them see us collecting and they say, and I, you know, us older guys to them, and they go, wow, the the 90s Jordans, that's the real iconic stuff. And so you know that that right there, excluding parallels from the base set, I think that's the most iconic of all the Jordan inserts right there. And uh, I don't think it's I don't know if it's close. Actually, the second closest might also be in this auction, and that's the um, Scoring Kings. There's a PSA 10 Scoring Kings in this auction as well. So people, you know, people I find often confused. I'm not saying you're doing this, but people often confuse two words: iconic and important. Yeah. You can be in you can be an important card, but not be iconic. It's tough to be iconic and not be important. I look I looked it up. I looked up what does iconic mean, and because there was a conversation in a Facebook group on hockey about what's the most iconic hockey card is it the Gordie Howe fifty one Parkhurst or the seventy nine Wayne Gretzky rookie? To me, it's it, it's easily the Gretzky rookie. Not to say that the Gordie Howe isn't important, but iconic means something that represents other things. It represents the hobby. Just like you were saying earlier, the 86 Fleer, the most iconic set in the hobby. No doubt about it. Like you're, you're right about that. 100% great. It's more iconic than 96 Chrome. It's more iconic than 03 Exquisite because more people know about it. It's the, it represents the basketball card hobby to many people. Just like this 52 Tops Mickey Mantle is the most iconic baseball card, you know, up there with Honus Wagner. Because even if you don't collect cards, you know about that Honus Wagner card. It may be more iconic. There's a book written about it. I don't know how many books have been written about the 52 Tops Mickey Mantle. Maybe a couple have. If not, there will be some. But in any event, I'll, I'll leave us with that. Iconic and important are two different things. And you can be important, but not be as iconic. You can be very important, but still not be iconic because you're important to the within the niche, within people who know what is important. So anyway, when you say that the 97 Jambalaya is probably the most iconic card in the in the basketball like in the in the inserts world along with the what, what uh scoring what kings scoring kings listen the scoring kings i know that all my jordan buddies love that card mm -hmm. i don't i don't think it, i don't like that card at all it means nothing to me i Isn't i have in acquiring one and i collect some jordan cards but the thing is is that it's iconic still because yeah. basketball collectors know about it so it's iconic to the basketball collectors but it's not iconic. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm not sure. So, well, for what it's worth, the great thing about the vote, having all those 40 people come together and sort of put their own votes in, is then the the, the whole of the group gets to determine it. And those are the only two Jordan inserts. I'm not talking about parallels. 
I'm talking straight inserts. Those are the only two that made the list. And so I thought it was cool that you had a high-end Jordan and one that's not as high-end. Although, you know, once you get a one in a PSA 10 of the Scoring Kings, it's it's definitely on anybody's, you know, high-end list. Uh, did you see that note from, from Jesse in the comments? I see this. Uh, is it this one here? Yeah, I think this this makes sense. They're just that there's just a lot of bids right now. And so what happens on this ticker is sometimes it takes a sec to get caught up because they don't want to give each card only one second. They want to give it sort of to three beats and yeah. then it moves on to the next one. The problem is that they're getting so many bids right now that that, that MJ that's at a hundred grand, it was just taking a second to get caught. So up. there's, there's a, yeah. So I said earlier, we're seeing these bids in real time, but there's a queue of bids and they're going to make their way through the ticker. I'm glad that we're actually able to, uh, to touch on that right now. I'm going to open up this card here because we had a question about it. Uh, so we'll get to that in a few minutes. Thanks, Jesse, for pointing that out. And uh, here we go. Nahuggin says, what do you guys think about the Jordan 97 game jersey? Does it seem too good to be true with the partial logo man? So where'd that go? That's this one right here with the partial logo. I mean, listen, back then, here's the thing about, about mem cards from the 90s. The card companies at that point in time were not, they didn't realize just how important different parts of the jersey were. They cut the, they had the thing cut up and put into cards. So does it seem too good to be true? I mean, listen, the cynic in people will say yes. I I believe because now I, I don't know for sure one way or the other, but in my, you know, the way I look at it is it's plausible that it's not too good to believe. It, it, it's uh now, all that said, it's an amazing piece. I mean, if, if you know, that that is a key part of the jersey. Only two of the cards can have that, a piece like it. I don't know the print run on this card, but if it's, you know, if there's 100 or, or more of these, uh, two of them are special, and the rest are probably just all white jerseys. So 44000 for this non-autographed card um, seems, I mean, I know what this card is, Adam. You know better than I do, but doesn't seem like an outrageous no. price on this card at this point it, in time. It doesn't. The other thing I'd point out here is, you know, PWCC has done a pretty good job on some of these more questionable things of including a note. Now I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself, but maybe Jeremy, maybe scroll down just a sec and see if there's anything that it, that, that says here that is worth. Um... It says confirmed to be the earliest known use of the easily recognized NBA logo man patch on a game Jersey production. Slab by Beckett has been confirmed authentic by Upper Deck. This patch has been confirmed authentic by Upper Deck. That's, so that's as good as it, I mean, I don't I don't know that there's another backstory on this. Somebody else might might know more, but if there's, you know, that's a that's very deliberate language there. It sounds like sounds like somebody had a letter from Upper Deck or PWCC reached out to Upper Deck or something like that. But you know, the the other thing that I point out is is clearly clearly Upper Deck had to do something with the jerseys, right? Yeah. They had to do, or they had to do something with every piece of that jersey, and so it kind of stands to reason that the logo man made it somewhere onto some card. Now, the, the the guy in me who now knows about all the patch switching and the bad stuff that that's gone on, kind of wishes that Upper Deck would have been smart enough to say, "We're going to make a one one of this. We're going to have it signed. We're going to make it number one of twenty three, or something like that on the autographs." You wish that yeah. they would have done that, but but hey, the hobby, they, didn't. they didn't. The hobby has evolved into where in into that and we had to take the path to get to where we are today so 
I don't fault them for it. It took time to get to get there, and uh, and at least at least the hobby is, has got there. Okay, let's uh, let's go back to. Uh, but just to just to finish off, I love the card. Like it's this is a very important card. It's not iconic at all, in my opinion. There's no well, it's iconic to the hardcore Jordan collectors, but it's not an iconic card outside of you know, bat you know '90s basketball collecting, Michael Jordan collecting. It's uh, but it's but it's extremely important because it's the first jersey card and it's got this uh, piece of uh, piece of logo man on it. So it's very cool. I'm going to go back to the main page. We're going to sit over here and we're going to go through some comments. Jesse Craig speaks about the Thorpe. He loves the Thorpe. Yes. And as we're talking about it, a bid comes through. That seems to happen that's, more often than not, Adam. That's an old bid, though, Jared. You might want to you might want to refresh the page. We're pretty far behind at this point. Might that refresh might be the, the record number of bids, though, right? I don't that might just be the record. I'll I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it here. Let me yeah. let me uh, unshare. We'll do a quick refresh, and I'm going to go through some more comments. Yeah, sorry, Mitchell Groveman says it's not too good be, to be true. It was it was a premium card that predated Logo Man cards. Yeah, see, predated Logo Man cards being the key. Nobody did. They didn't think of doing that back then. That that was an, an evolution. Nahagin says still kicking myself on that Jambalaya sale. I'm guessing that you're who I Huggins. That yeah, that you're the guy I bought it from. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the sale you had two i believe anyway didn't you and uh you had you had your eye on something else with that money that i sent you so i hope i hope um hope you're doing okay with that and uh but i i'm grateful i am grateful for the card i love it and it's not going anywhere cardboard casino says one of the jambalayas was deemed trimmed altered by psa but then twice graded by bgs several stories like that in the hobby i'm not surprised <laughs> jesse craig there are a number uh record number of bids we saw that thank you so much Huggins says, "Can't believe the '93 Finest Refractor Griffey isn't get, isn't getting any love." I am too. That's a card that I was looking at actually. Um, you know, a, not 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 in this auction, but I've looked at that card to acquire. It's a it's a great card. Kirill Kim, the Ronaldo Flawless Patch Auto is game used on card auto from his record breaking goal season, and it's pop one BGS 95. Looks like it's still at the moment with the last sale being BGS 8 at 21. Sorry, 28.8k on Golden Auctions. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up that that Ronaldo right now, and uh, I'll bring it onto the screen once I get it. Once I get it up, John Pemberton says, "Wow, I've never watched this auction live. I love the scroll. I love the scrolling bits at the top. Amazing feature. Yeah, it really is. And uh, the Jim Thorpe, just to uh, Jesse's comment, has been getting bids. There it is, up to eighty thousand dollars right now. And let's go look for the Ronaldo that John Pemberton just called out." I actually wanted to look at that jaw that was just going past too. So we've got a bunch of cards to look at it. So, so here's the, here's the, this is the flawless he's talking about. Yeah, this is a very like on card autos in soccer just seem to be few and far between from, listen, I'm not exposed to a ton of them. I don't search out soccer cards, but uh, when I see them, they're often sticker autos. This is very nice, very nice card. Nice patch, um, full body shot, great card. I can't speak to the price, but twenty-three thousand now versus uh, twenty-eight point eight for BGS eight that sold uh, earlier. We'll see where this one ends. Keep in mind, though, that this card is actually at twenty-seven six right now with the buyer's premium, so it's just a hair behind uh, the card that sold uh, the BGS eight that sold on Golden um, in recent times. I'll go back to the top now, Adam. Uh, <laughs> Cage says that Cage is important. Andrew Goldberg is iconic. Yeah, 
Okay, actually, Cage, listen, if you're still watching, you might be more iconic than Andrew Goldberg because uh, maybe not. Maybe you guys are tied in iconicism, but you're just louder and more boisterous. So you're more, you know, when you walk into a room, I think you, you know, you draw more people in. Goldberg's a little bit calmer. So he's a little bit, you know, he, he keeps his he keeps his stuff tight. You're a little, you know, you're all out there. So I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this around on you, Cage. I think you're more iconic and Goldberg's more important. <laughs> JG says Johnny Moore, nice price jump. Just took a jump to 40k. Good to see for our friend uh, for our friend Brian Dennison, who is also known as Cajun Card Collector. Card Shop Dad in the house says, isn't that 97 game jersey a patch swap? Uh, no, Upper Deck has confirmed it not to be. Spinatron says, we know the man behind the handle is Andrew. <laughs> there you go, Spinatron very very likely tyler says i think i would think if someone was going to fake it they would have just used the whole logo man or not depends on how slick they want to be dave boliton says jabbar sticker for 160k a fool and his money plus it looks like it's an old psa cert the old psa cert thing doesn't bother me so much mm -hmm. um and listen it's a pop 14 and to some people 160k doesn't mean that much so I don't want to call anybody a fool who's bidding on it. I think uh, I think everything's relative, and uh, and you know, some collectors put their money where their mouth is. So I'm cool with it. JG says Vlad Jr. is up to 160k. Mr. Huggins, thank you again. Mike from Eastridge. Question for Adam: Was 2002 Topps Jersey Edition the first Logo Man patches? Wow, it might be. 2002 also had. SP game used um, had logo man's and those were autographed too. That was the year that you had the three Kobe's and the three, uh, the three Jordans. Um, and there might've been something else too, but that's Oh two. If Spino is still here, I'd be interested to know if he knows, I can't think of anything from Oh one. I don't Spino, think he'll know. Spinatron yeah. will know. And he'll, he'll let us know. I'm sure he's typing right now. I'm sure. So I don't think so though. That's a good question. Well, good question, uh, Mike. We'll see if we can find up an answer. I'm glad to hear that, Huggins. Very glad to hear that. Nice looking cardboard says, love conversations between passionate, educated collectors where it's okay to say you don't like a certain card, i.e. scoring kings and not be criticized or chastised. More of this always. I'm pro I've, The only thing though, nice looking cardboard is somebody watching is probably chastising me now, but that's okay. Hey, we all, we all like what we like, right? We all like what we like. Kirill Kim says, thanks for shining some light on that, Ronaldo, for the soccer collector. Hey, you are welcome, Kirill Kim. Glad to have you on the show. Jacob S., I love the 2014 gold prism look. Yeah. yeah. I mean, gold prisms pretty much every year look pretty good. I like the earlier years. I love the 2012s. To me, they're the nicest with that, that beautiful, like, symmetrical frame around the play, around the image. Then they kind of get asymmetric after a while, and I like those less. But um, I love the 12s, the 13s as well. What's up, Joe Perot from Santa Cruz, my guy? Love you guys. Got to go bid. Be back in a bit. Hey, good stuff, Cage. We'll see you soon. Card Vibe agrees. Cage is more of a character and more iconic. So there you go. Thank you, Card Vibe. Rare Card Chaser says there are several super rare LeBron Ultimate and Exquisite PSA 10s in this auction. Good time to buy if you have the cash. Yeah, and I, you know, what I'm hearing is that LeBron's index is down a little bit which makes sense because we're Holy such a what have you done for me lately hobby. So I'm not surprised. I And I agree with Rare Card Chaser. 
good time to buy if you have the cash. Now, listen, that might prove to be wrong. It might prove to be wrong. But if you believe in the hobby like I do, um, you might think it's a good time, as uh, myself and Rare Card Chaser do. You want to comment, Adam, on anything? Um, well, no, I wanted to look at the... Uh... I wanted to look at the jaw logo, man, that, that, that's gone by a couple of times. Uh, it stood out to me. I thought I wanted to get your take on a couple of things, but, uh, but that's, that's it right now. Okay. So let's, uh, let's see if that comes by again. I'm going to just, I'm going to close some of these windows here. We'll close the Jambalaya. We'll close the game Jersey. What's this window here. That was the Ronaldo search here. We've got the, Oh, it's, it's just at the top right now, Jeremy. Oh. What's that? It was at the top of that last screen, but I think it's gone now. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. It's okay. Here's a hockey card. My guy, Alexander Ovechkin. This is the Cup RPA. This would be the pretty much the equivalent of a LeBron James exquisite RPA because this is the first year that Upper Deck did the Cup hockey with these amazing RPAs. And uh, the Alex Ovechkin being, you know, up there with Sidney Crosby as, you know, the most important players of our generation. And, uh, I mean, I've owned four or five copies of this card over the years. Adam, I own zero of them now. I sold them all many years ago. I had five Crosby RPAs at one time, at one time. And uh, I own zero of those now as well. So uh, to, uh, <laughs> to those of us who are like to Huggins and everyone else who sold cards a little bit too early, we've all been there for sure. For sure. Are you, are you tempted by this one at all? I mean, listen, of course I am. First of all, I like that it's a PSA six. You're going to get a beautiful card for less money. Yep. Like a six is a great grade for this card. Who cares that it's a six? Look at that thing. It's stunning. It's just a beautiful piece. So, um, but no, I mean, listen, it, it's, it's out of my budget. I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not buying cards for, you know, 20 K these days. So, uh, end up. So, uh, no, I'm not tempted, but no, I am tempted. I am tempted but I'm not going to buy it. We'll close out the Thorpe at 90 K right now. There's the Jambalaya again at a hundred, the, uh, the Jabbar sticker. I think that wasn't that at 160 last we saw. Yep. There it is up to 170. Some more money for our friend Cajun cardboard and close out this guy. And that's the Jordan. So, okay. So we're back to the main page here. Scroll. The, there's your jaw. Let me open this up for you, Adam. And let's talk about this card right here the jaw morant this is the blockchain national treasures logo man one of one bgs 8.5 i look look i don't know what the blockchain card is all about i don't want to spend a lot of time learning about it but if you sure. can give us a really quick like five seconds on what that means and then talk about the card adam you know i don't i don't know it super well either spino would be the guy to talk about it but what i would say is this this is what i know right it's clearly, it's a physical card. When you hear things like NFT and blockchain and stuff, you start wondering, you know, what's physical, what's not. This is a real card where you've got a John Morant worn jersey logo man that's autographed. And here's the other thing, Jeremy. It's from 2019. It's from his rookie year. I looked at the card for a bit. I don't think it has the rookie shield anywhere on it, but I'm kind of a big, I don't really care as much about whether it has a shield or not. I care what year it is. And where Jaw stuff has been absolutely fire. I mean, just his his NTRPA out of 99 is, you know, like six figures, crazy money. As a collector of somebody who, who of stuff that, that's unique and, you know, you can look at it and you can say what it is, 
This is a Logoman Auto from John Morant's rookie year that's currently sitting at 55 grand, which is obviously a ton of money. Would I rather have this or something that's better known but not as unique? I like this, man. I think it's really cool. So um, to somebody out there who wants a John Morant rookie Logoman Auto and doesn't want to pay a million bucks or more for it, this kind of feels like a good option. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a one of one. It's an on-card auto. You've got the logo, man. What I don't love about this card from an aesthetic perspective is this this part right here. You've got this, like, you've almost got a, a like a line, a barrier here, like a border. It's invisible, but it's sort of there. You can kind of see where the picture cuts off. And then you've got all this just, listen, I, I like a card that is that has a lot of white in the background, but I want I want the adornments to be balanced throughout the card yeah. and it's almost like they forgot to put something here i know they he didn't take up enough room with the auto maybe or whatever it is but national treasures to me gets it, it's at the it's you know it's at the peak of the mountain but from to my taste it's not the nicest brand that panini puts out i prefer immaculate and flawless as sure. far as aesthetics go and design goes all that said important card important player getting more and more important all the time right now and uh you know it's not listen it could be a little bit nicer to me, yeah. But I, but I'm not calling this thing ugly. I'm not. I definitely am not calling yeah. it ugly. That's that's well said, Jeremy. I think you could you could make the case if they just would have had his legs come down a little bit further and had it sort of slowly fade out. That might be a little bit nicer. But yeah, in the way that I look at it is, if it was flawless, even if it did have his legs cut off, <laughs> what would the card cost? And it would cost seriously like 20x what it's at right now, 25. 30, it's, it would be huge, huge money. I mean, this is huge money, but we're talking about a million bucks plus, I think. I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm wrong here. I think one of the big three Logo Man autos of, of Jaw right now is probably over a million bucks, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I'm if, sure. as, as a replacement for that, you know, same year, same autograph, same type of Logo Man, not a bad, not a bad way to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kellen wants to know, how can you tell if items have ended? Well, no items will end until, well, un until we get out of the first, the, until we get to eight o'clock, right? Is that, is that how it works, Adam, where once there are no bids? Yeah, so the way, so Kellen, what you want to watch, you want to watch that little clock there in the upper right that says time remaining. Every time there's a bid, that, that clock is resetting. And the real, the real honest truth here, Kellen, this isn't going to end for a while. All the items that are up right now, they're all going to be available till the very end. And then we're going to say, oh, it's getting to the end. It's getting to the end. And it's going to hit zero. And everything at the exact same time is going to end. So we're not close to that right now, man. We probably still have, what do you think, Jeremy? A couple yeah, hours at least? Oh, we're a couple hours away from this thing ending most likely, but yeah, I I, I I get confused between this and the weekly. In the weekly, yeah. items end on their own and other ones continue. In the in yeah. the premiere, everything ends at the same time once there has not been a bid for a one-minute period after 9.30 Pacific, I believe. Um, I'll Actually, I'll just put the banner back up here. And so this says that from 8 to 8.30 goes to... Oh, okay, right. So after 8.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time... You go to a one-minute window, one-minute extension, right. meaning anytime any item in this auction gets a single bid after 8:30, the whole auction extends for a minute. 
another bid happens, the whole auction extends. So this could go into the morning, but we've done this now 10 times and it always ends in a reasonable amount of time. However, with 419 lots, it might take a little bit longer tonight yeah. than it did in the past. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try and run through a whole bunch of comments. We're going to go sit at the top so we can see what bids are coming. I do love this Brooks Robinson, by the way, 57 tops, a beautiful set for you vintage baseball collectors. Spinatron wanted us to repeat the question, which was, when did the first Logo Man came out in basketball? Was it 2002? Top something or other that uh, Mike from Eastridge. Here was the question. Was 2002 Topps Jersey Edition the first Logo Man patches, Spinatron? That was the question. Fact sake says, what's your favorite late 90s Gretzky insert? Lethal Weapon Superpower. Lethal Weapon Superpower. What else? Spinatron says, Topps Jersey Edition is the first for Logo Man without auto. It's like middle school art project where the <laughs> Logo Man pieces stick on top of a Logo Man. Okay. He's right. It is like a middle school art project. It's not pretty, but but it's okay. I mean, sometimes innovation isn't pretty. No, exactly. Skeppy says horizontal or vertical patch cards preference. Yeah. I don't really have a preference. I don't care. I hear people talk about it and I'm like, I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. People people like the way that it sits when it's vertical with the with the flip if they get it graded. And I, I get that. I just don't care. I just yeah. don't care. I don't really care. I don't really have a preference either. And to be honest, a lot of the horizontal, like I would prefer a vertical all else being equal because it's just matches up with all my other cards, but limited logos in, in, in the cup hockey are horizontal and they are beautiful. Like they, they're, they, they can't be beat as far as aesthetics goes. So Hey, um, hey Jeremy, say, but I just had a heartbreaking moment. Can I tell you about it? Yeah, please. So you see the Kobe that's up there at the top right now. Yeah. So somebody in the chat knows I really wanted it super bad. I've been, this card's been on the top of my walk, um, um, the top of my want list forever. It's number to eight. I have the Jordan to 23. I have one of Kobe's other first year uh, autograph patch cards. There's three autograph patches from his, from, from 2000, 2001. And I really wanted to win that today. And I, I wanted, I was just hoping it would fly under the radar and it didn't. And so it just jumped from 30. It was like 31 or 32. And I would have gone higher than that. Um, but it just jumped to 65. And now I'm just sitting here sad. But wow. anyway. There's always more cards, Adam. Always more cards. Yeah. Uh, listen, but sometimes there aren't, right? Sometimes There's there not. aren't. When your want list is so narrow and a certain card from, you know, a certain old card comes up like this, uh, maybe my, my one of my mantras being... There are always more cards to buy. It just doesn't apply to you in this situation. It doesn't. And this is what it's like. So this is what it's like for, and everybody out here knows this. When you're a rare card collector, speaking of like this Jabbar right here, right? That just got a bid. Like if you want something that's really rare and there's other crazy people like you who want something that who want that same rare thing, you're going to have to just pay a ton for it. And, and then you hope that some way it'll pop up and, and it won't sell for too much, or maybe the market will be really depressed like it supposedly is right now. So I just came in here today thinking, you know, there's so many awesome auctions. Maybe it won't get bid up. And now here it is at freaking 85 grand. And I'm like, dang it. I wanted this card, Jeremy. I wanted this card. And it's yeah, gone. I hear I'm you. sad. I hear I'm you. sad. All right. So Jesse's going to come in. And, uh, oh, as I said, he popped in. Isn't that funny? Hi, Jesse. I see you back there. So I'm going to, uh, 
We'll bring Jesse on right away here. Jesse, give me the thumbs up if you're ready to go. He's not giving me a thumb. There it is. There it is. All right. Let's bring Jesse on to the show. Jesse, Craig, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing we're doing good. You've been in the chat, so you were what yeah. were you were you, were you just sort of typing away as you were hanging out with putting your kids to bed or what? Yeah, yeah. We just got them down. So uh so now I'm available to be on video. You you wouldn't want to see that before. No, I, I hear it. I have young kids too, and uh, it can be disturbing to uh, try and do a show while your kids are uh, literally biting at your ankles. Yeah. What was the What was the book of the night? What did, What did you read to him tonight, Jesse? Uh, tonight, when when Daddy works at night, it's iPad night. So oh, uh, we, okay. we had no, no reading tonight. Okay, good, good enough. Good enough. Yeah. So Jesse, I want, I know, listen, there's some, I think there's some cards that you'd like to take a look at that you, that you find interesting. You might have some stories about, we're going to do that. I want to run through some comments here quick so we don't get too behind on those. And, um, and then we'll, we'll do that. Is that all right with you? Sounds good. All right. So let's do, let's talk about that. Kellen wants us to take a look at the Herbert and T's thoughts on having multiple of a key card in a single auction. Well, Jesse, let me uh, uncover your face. Yeah. And, uh, you want to speak to that on behalf of PWCC when there's multiples of the same card in the same auction? Yeah, you know, it's always hard when you have clients that want to sell specific assets. And, you know, we actually have a rule where you don't put the same card in the same grade in the same auction. So we can have a Herbert RPA that's out of 25, out of 10, out of 99. We can have those in the same auction because um, typically there's different buyers for a lot of those, right? So, but we won't put a at a 99 RPA that, you know, put two PSA nines in there or two nine fives or whatever it may be. That's why you'll never see two PSA 10 Fleer Jordan rookies in an auction at the same time. We won't do that. So there's there's a little bit of uh, there's some rules behind that for for managing similar assets. But it's not a it's not a perfect science. Like just to be frank, you know, we, we have people that want to sell stuff and but we try to help manage it as much as we can. Like there's just going to be a need to sell an out of 25 and an out of 99 in the same auction. Okay. Good to know. And thanks for addressing the question from Kellen. I want to go to Will's comment here. He says, being so light on the hockey side of things, what player do you think has the best chance of really breaking into this monthly auction and staying there for a while? Well, that's a, that's an easy question. Will Bennett, that's Connor McDavid. There's no doubt about it. He's got, I think five or actually I, we had it uh, right here. Connor McDavid has six cards in this auction this month. He had four last month. So that's trending upwards. And hopefully he does not get past my Calgary Flames. Sorry, go ahead, Jesse. I know you're a big hockey guy. So, um, you know, we're just preparing for the onslaught of hockey that we're going to see up in Toronto in a couple weeks. (laughs) And what what do you mean you're preparing for it? Well, we're going to the Toronto show. So we're going to oh, get good. a bunch, right. of, yes. bunch of hockey that's coming in. Yeah. Oh, so wait. Okay. Now I'm clear. So you guys are going to be set up at the Toronto show in taking cards for future auctions. And that's what, that's what Jesse's getting at is that, yeah, they're, they're ramping up. We go from four McDavid's to six and the one Gretzky. I think that's all the hockey in this auction, but to Will Bennett's question, um, yeah, it's it's Connor McDavid, like without it, without a doubt. Gretzky, you'd like to see Gretzky there too, but uh, you know he just um, it's all about more lately than uh, than the past sometimes. And uh, so anyway, it, it, my answer to your question, Will, is Wayne Gretzky 
Uh, Spinatron says, aesthetics, immaculate is top notch, which I definitely agree with. And Dave Bolton, iconic baseball cards, number one, Honus, number two, 52, Mickey Mantle. And the Gaudi Le Joie would have been there uh, in the past. Yeah, way back before, way back, I would have to think, like in the 70s. Uh, after that, there's more iconic cards that I, I believe have, have kind of become iconic. Um, I want to here. I'm going to try one thing here very quickly. Let's see if we do that. Keep Jesse from being covered by the comments. That might work. And I want to go to Vintage Card Collectors comment right here. Oh, there we go. Can you talk about the eye appeal of older logo men, uh, the stitched versus the new ones? Yeah, my preference is the older ones for sure. They're they're stitched. They're 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 more substantial. They're nicer. They have depth. They have they refract light differently. Um, all that stuff. I think that's an easy answer there, uh, vintage card collector. I, I'm sure that was a loaded question. I don't know anyone who would prefer these ones, but hey, I guess you never know. Adam, does anyone prefer these ones to the old ones? You know, I don't. I don't know that anyone does, but I, they certainly tell a story about you know the modern NBA. There's that's a, a good point. There's a clear delineation between those you know stitched ones from what is it about five years ago now, four years ago, and uh, and and the newer ones, and so. You know, the, the great thing about our hobby is people have different types of things that they like. And and if you want to have the best piece of uniform, that's largely thought of as the logo man, even though now today, you know, they've changed it to more of a plasticky sort of uh, feel. True, true story. True story right there. Rubber Side Down says, do you think the majority, and this is for you, Jesse, do you think the majority of these big cards are going to collectors who aren't selling it anytime soon? Uh, for the high-end stuff, I do. I mean, look, we have we have a lot of high-end guys that don't need to sell. So a lot of these cards that sell in our premier auction, they get sucked up by guys and they keep them in their collection. And, you know, look, we all know that the world economy right now is struggling, right? The market's down. Crypto's down. There's a lot of things that are struggling. It's hard to buy real estate because rates have gone up. But the beauty of it is trading cards historically – actually get affected less by recessions or depressions or whatever it may be um, than traditional markets because it's the last thing that people want to sell. And so specifically with a lot of this high-end stuff, these are the guys that don't have to sell. Now, they buy these as investments or even recreationally, and they're not going to sell these things. So they usually go into what we call strong hands and and they're stuck in there for a long time. You might not never see you might not ever see them again depending on how low serial number they are. I mean, listen, all, all, there's been so many good cards. I talked about it earlier before you came on, Jesse. All the cards that I wanted to buy this past week that I couldn't buy because I was outbid. I tell you, if those cards ended up in my collection, they would not see the light of day for at least 25 years. Like, so. Yeah, right? exactly. exactly. And I'm talking more of that $5,000 card versus that $25,000 card. That's more <laughs> my wheelhouse. And even that's pushing it when you talk multiple cards. So uh, I, I, that makes complete sense to me, Jesse. Adam, any thoughts on that from you? No, I think I think you guys are spot on. The guys who, who are buying the biggest cards are, for the most part, people who don't have to sell. And so you know, we're seeing less of an effect in, in that in that area. And as we've talked about with, especially with, you know, that Kobe, um, that Jesse, I think you wanted to talk about, and the, and the Kareem that we were just looking at too. When you get some of these cards that you've got multiple collectors that have waited for years to get them, you know, you and a lot, I think one of the things that that, that sometimes uh, I've heard on some of the PWCC videos is uh, Brent says, "Don't blink." You know, <laughs> you get it, you get a shot, and then that's it. You might not see it for years. I think we need to go through a list of Brentisms. <laughs> Let's do it after the show. 
Okay, here's another one, Jesse. I'll ask you to opine on this, and I'll try and find the card. Game Time Gallery says, how could the 1951 Bowman Mantle SGC5 have a top 5% appeal rating when the print registration is way off? So I'll try and find this card right now. And um, in the meantime, is there anything you, you can speak to as far as the these appeal designations go? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So if the centering is really good, the corners are really good, the edges are really good, and the registration is off a little bit, it still factors into the overall eye appeal of a card. So it was our opinion when we were given this an eye appeal sticker that even with that registration, this is in the top 5% overall when you're looking at a, um, at a SGC 5 51 Bowman Mantle. Because okay, so look at the centering on that card for a 5. Great centering. Yeah. And you know corners, what? Corners are really nice. And the registration is a little off. It's actually not that bad, in my opinion. It's, yeah, I agree. L I mean, the registration is definitely off. I don't know that it's way off. I mean, I've, you know, I've seen it's off for this card. I, I've seen very few 51 Bowman mantles that have registration like this compared to where they have strong registration. But to your points, Jesse, the edges, the corners, yeah. the centering, all look phenomenal. Top right corner definitely has a touch of wear, but you know you're going to expect if that. It's a five, right? Like it's if a that's, five. that's the biggest thing to consider. If this if this was a seven or six, it wouldn't have gotten that. Right. No, of course. I have no. You know what? I honestly have no problem with the I appeal designation on this because of even listen. It's not that blurry. It's a little bit blurry. You see it around the bat here. You see that on these thick lines. The face isn't too bad. What I what I don't like about it is where these these trees or whatever come down below the black border. That to me is the most offensive part of it, and it's still very minor. Oh, I so, see what you're talking about. They come below the black border. Yeah, just here. I mean, listen, I'm I'm, I'm nitpicking, but that sure. would bother me if I owned the card. Sure. Would it bother me enough Fair not that. to want to own it? No. If this was Look, the best. I mean, the truth of the matter is, just like grading in general, this was an opinion of you know of us when we looked at this from an IPO perspective and you know, people can have a different opinion. I mean, that's, that's what everybody just needs to take a step back when people are talking about grading and an RIPL or, you know, NBA sticker or whatever it may be. It's an opinion. It should be a guide, you know, look at the card, educate yourself, be able to tell what you like, what you don't like and pay accordingly. And that's really what it is. No, you guys, uh, Jeremy, you, you know a lot more about, about some of this vintage stuff than I do. But uh, when I look at this card, the first thing that I think of is a couple months ago, you remember we had a couple mantles that we compared to each other and we went back and forth on the centering. And I think side to side, one was, you know, 30, maybe 25, 75, and then up and down on the other one, it was, it was about the same. Looking at these edges, these corners, this centering, I would have thought that this card was, was a heck of a lot better than a five. So do you think, Jeremy, do you feel like the, the thing that really got this one was that was that registration issue? Or and, and if so, what do you think it would have been if the registration would have been on? I mean, yeah, I think I think the registration definitely got it. You can see top to bottom centering isn't perfect, but it's still very good. The yeah. back has, you know, it's got toning around the around the edges as you're as you're gonna see, as I prefer to see. I like that. I want my card to to show its age a little bit, you know, without being creased or two terribly rounded corners. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no issue with the eye appeal sticker on this particular copy um, because it, 
like you said, Adam, you're surprised it's not a six or a six and a half, maybe a seven even. I mean, well, there's things we can't see, of course. That's the whole point of getting the S sticker, right? It's like when you look at that, if, if you're just looking right there and you're not looking at the grade, that window that you have right there, mm-hmm. I don't think you would have guessed that's a five. Mm-hmm. I would not. I and would that, not have guessed that's a five. It's Even though the registration's off a little bit, from the eye appeal, like, man, that's a really nice card. That's probably, at a minimum, a five and a half to a six. And that's that's what an S sticker means. In the top 5%, we mean that, you know, it's likely undergraded in our opinion. Got it. Jeremy, I, I like yeah. your, your comment about the tone on the back, too. I thought... That's that's the sort of thing that um, that I, I agree that personally doesn't bug me, and I, I've got a lot of vintage basketball too, where you can kind of just feel the age a little bit. I hope I hope that that doesn't really harm a grade of a card that much because it just doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't do anything it, negative. It shouldn't. It, I mean, that's just natural like oxidization of a, of a card of cardboard, and so actually, when they're more white, chances are someone's tried to bleach it or do something mm-hmm. to change that color on the back this is more of a natural color from a card from the 50s look at look at how look at the detail you can see when you zoom in like the corners are they're not perfect but they're pretty darn good that 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 one up there coming down a bit of rounding you know an edge issue right light light edge issues like the cards you know it's obviously not perfect it's a five and i'm just trying to find something that you know some other reason why it's not a higher grade besides the registration. I think it's just going to be corners. And there might be, you know, there might be something on the surface on the front or the back that we just can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if the 360 would show. I'm not going to spend the time to hunt to hunt on this card. We've spent enough time on this card already at this point. But <laughs> yeah, it's a great card. So to the, to the quest to Game Time Gallery's comment, um, I think we I think we've uh, we've addressed it. And personally. I have no problem with that card having the uh, the top five percent eye appeal rating. Okay, well, I, I agree. Yeah, as you as you should, as you should. All right, let's go back to here and oh, we're the, uh, we're run through two, a few more comments. Minute, uh, because... Two minute phase here. We're after eight o'clock, so two minutes, two minute clock. Two minute mm-hmm. clock for the next half hour, Correct. or the next 35, 25 minutes, and then once we get to eight thirty Pacific, it goes to one minute windows. And uh, then it can go pretty quick from there. Last time, I think we went about 50 minutes, five zero minutes into the one minute windows. Tonight we might go a little bit longer, but yeah, there's more quantity. So my guess is, my guess is it'll get closer. And I'm Pacific Standard Time, so 9:30 to 9:45 tonight might take a little bit longer to close it out. Okay, yeah, Yeah. definitely could. Uh, Trevor Gates says, "I have a super high, a super nice card. Do I need to go PWCC to maximize return?" Or is eBay okay? I'm full-time, top-rated eBay, eBay seller. Jesse, you want to try and make a sale here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we, we don't sell high-end assets anywhere other than our, you know, our premier auction for a reason. You get the 360, you get the custom video, all the marketing you see all over our platform. So, um, I mean, I know if I had an item that was valued over, let's say, 20K, where I would sell it. And granted, I'm, I'm biased, <laughs> but... Um, you know, I know how much traffic we get to our website. I know how much we put into these listings to make sure that they're curated. And we really want to represent these high-end assets to the, to the best of our ability with all of the additional things we do. We're not just slapping two images up there and writing a quick description and, and seeing what happens. I mean, it takes a lot of time and energy to actually give 
the auction, all the love that we actually, that we do. So um, if I'm selling, I'm selling on our platform. And, you know, th that's the reason why even when we were on eBay, we created our premier auction because high-end cards don't do as well on eBay, in, in my opinion. So um, I would, I would go with us, but I'm obviously biased. Sounds well, good. I'm, I'm Dave Bolaton. I'm not going to bring on your next comment. I think it's just a difference of opinion, and that is fine. You don't uh, you don't have to like the sticker on that particular card, um, but I certainly don't. It does not offend me whatsoever. Uh, Jacob says, "Does registration factor into grading officially?" Yes. Perfect. It yes, it does. Hundred percent. And that's why that's actually why I think that that card in an SGC five wasn't graded higher. I think if the registration was perfect that card is a six to a six and a half likely. Yeah, yeah. Brendan Ryan likes the look of it. Brendan Ryan's making a name for himself on Instagram these days, uh, taking YouTube content creators and turning us into Magic the Gathering cards. Thank you, Brendan Ryan, for including me on that project. A lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm liking seeing what you're doing with that. So keep, keep that up, pal. Really am enjoying that, guys. If you're not following Brendan Ryan on Instagram, uh, go ahead and do so. Uh, but you search for Brendan Ryan. I don't remember his uh, Instagram handle off the top of my head right now. Uh, vintage card collector. Most interesting cards to compare. 52 Mantle, PSA, and SGC5s. Both top 30%. I appeal SGC, ha SGC has a higher bid. Actually, I think it's interesting to pull those two up. And my assumptions are is that the centering of the SGC is likely a little bit better, if I remember them right. Uh, and that's my, that might be why the bid is a little bit better. It's the, even though they both got an A, um, I, I think that the centering, which is a large portion of I appeal was better on the SGC copy than the PSA copy. And I think that's why. Well, let's do that. Let's, uh, let's call up these two cards and let's take a look. Let's take a look here and see what we got. So this is the, that's, I'm going to just leave it at this size right here. This is the PSA five. I mean, I man, I love I love both of these cards. <laughs> so the SGC seems to be a little bit off-centered left to right, a bit of tilt going on. I don't call it diamond cut, but a little bit of tilt, maybe narrower edge up here versus down here, and narrower edge down here versus up here. Surface to me. I mean, looks really good. A little bit of fading here, but that might not be anything. Corners, edges, don't offend me whatsoever. Quick look at the back. Nothing jumps out. A little off-centered right to left. So, I don't know. That's a beautiful card. Let's take a look at the tops. So, you know, a bit, bit, of, bit of surface wear here, more than on the SGC, I would say. Corners a little bit more rounded on this PSA 5. If I'm looking at this one here, this one looks not perfect, but not too bad. Going down that corner a little bit more rounded than the SGC. Definitely this corner here, not as nice as the SGC corners that we saw. Mm -hmm. And then the centering. You know, if you just kind of look at the centering overall, the centering isn't as good to me as it is on the SGC. It just, this little gap right here. Right. Is and it's, it's important to note, though, that like the centering for a PSA 5, that's very, very good centering still, yeah. right? Oh, uh, yeah. But that SGC copy, I mean, look, we talk about it being an opinion. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, it's a little bit cockeyed, the, the 
the SGC or they call it diamond cut cockeyed, whatever you want to say. Um, but it's, it's a little bit off, uh, but then the corners are better. And so if, if that centering was, I, I mean, that thing would be a, probably a six. If the centering was, if it was shifted just a little bit, it would be, it'd be probably a six. It's a really nice copy, but they're both, they're both great examples of fives. They really are. I agree. In my opinion, these are both very strong fives because you can see fives that are nasty looking. Neither of these are nasty. These, and listen, I would love to, Jesse, if you can find me a really nice PSA three of this card, I'd like, I'd like to find one of those. Okay. Um, you got it, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Just All over. It. Hey, I think what you guys are saying about the centering is key here. We see a lot of mantles that are even higher grades that are that are more like 60-40 side to side, but both these are pretty darn nice on the centering. And I think Jesse, did you say that the centering's maybe the most important of the of the four sort of subs as far as the, the eye appeal goes? Is that right? It is because when you're looking at a card, the first thing I mean, I'm a very like symmetrical person. So the first thing that stands out to me is centering. And yeah. I think that's the most important thing from an eye appeal perspective, especially on vintage cards that have, and especially on the 52 tops mantle or 52 tops in general, where it is literally framed out like a painting, right? Yeah. So it, like the, the centering on that card stands out like a sore thumb. If you see, if you see Fogel's mantle, that's, that's a 10, I, it's a 10 for a reason. Now, look, we know that not all tens are created equal. His 10 is phenomenal. And it is, it is absolutely perfect. The centering is dead centered. And that is, the most obvious thing when you're looking at one of these 52 tops mantles that you notice being off is the centering. So it's super important. Or the one that the nine that Rob bought uh, privately a couple of years ago through me, that one was dead center. I mean, you could argue it's, it's a 10. It's nicer than one of the tens I've seen in my opinion. Yeah. yeah like, look, I'm going to a couple of comments here. Uh, first of all, David Chow, Shanghai card collector. David, there's my buddy here taking a break from bidding. Good to see you, David. Uh, and curious what you're bidding on. If maybe wait till it's over to share if you want. But uh, curious to know. Vintage card collector says corners on the SGC are quite a bit better. I, th I said the same thing. Yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. Brendan Ryan says that blue green background pops. I think it pops more on the SGC. If you just look at this right here, which you can't because our faces are in the way. But if we take the comment <laughs> down, it's this area here that I'm looking at versus this area here. Yeah, the SGC to me, is a nicer card overall. Now, I wanted to, I, listen, a bit off topic here, Jesse, but you we talk about diamond cut. I call it tilt. To me, diamond cut is when a card doesn't have perfect 90-degree corners, more of a parallelogram sort of thing, a minor one. And to me, this is just, it's a, the, the, the tilt is a centering issue. It's how were the, it's how were the, the printing plates laid down on the, on, within the con the constraints of the of those four borders so i don't know if that if if people just commonly call tilt diamond cut by accident or if i'm doing it wrong what do you think i mean you can call it tilt you can call it a slew of things to be honest um i think that i think tilt tilt's a great word for it it's tilted so yeah we can go with tilt that's fine all right that's 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 what I was hoping for. Let's let's go with tilt. I mean, that's what I, I'm going to keep calling it that, whether you do or not. But to me, that makes more sense. Diamond cut is where the card is not. Again, you don't have perfect 90 degree angles on all four corners. John Pemberton says people are way too harsh. Those are both nice cards, solid <laughs> grades. 
And David Chow says, I love the SGC example. The mantle looks like a seven, maybe a little surface issue that happens with some of my vintage, some unseen faults. Yeah, you can't see everything on these cards uh, unless you have them in hand and can move them around under the light and all that sort of thing. What's up, Z420? Good to see you. Says, how's 90s basketball insert market these days? It's pretty solid, Zed. It's pretty solid, I would have to say. Let's hey, go Jeremy. back to the front here. Let's see what's going on. The jaw got another bid recently, Adam. It's up to $65,000. Shout out, shout out to Kirill Kim, by the way, in the in the comments. That's that's a, a great guy in the industry if nobody knows, if you guys don't know him. I do not know Kirill Kim. Good to oh, see great. you. Uh, he hopes you're well, Jesse. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy, before we get too far away from the 52 mantles, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention like maybe one of my favorite cards in the whole auction. We haven't even talked about it. There's a 52 Tops mantle with an autograph on it. We haven't even mentioned it one time. Can we that, can we go look at that? Yeah, yeah. that card. I don't know. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, Adam, because that card, in my opinion, in, and the Cobb, the Cobb that we have, the Cobb's even more rare. There's only two Cobbs, two T206 Cobbs that have been graded by PSA DNA that have an autograph on them. And... The Cobb is gorgeous. That mantle, I think there's only 14 in the history of that's PSA right. DNA that have actually been graded to have an autograph. And that's a, I love where the auto is on that card too, how it's in that blank space. It's vertical. Because for me, 90s cards, right? Some some of the best inserts of the 90 cards are those white space Jordan inserts, like the Sign of the Times, that have that that vertical Jordan auto on it. And so I kind of think of that when I see this, this vertical mantle auto. And like the supply on these things is fixed. Like there, there's, you're never going to have any more. And so I think that the rarity of these cards being hall of fame, you know, in some cases, rookies and in other cases, just, you know, um, commodities or, or most important cards in our industry, they don't get the love that they should. I mean, this card should be, it should be worth way more than a sitting at, to be frank. So my, my take on this card, I, I went through the whole auction and I, I picked out, it was, it was tough, but I picked out five cards I wanted to talk about. And, um, and, and this was one of them. Uh, this, this card is, as I did that little bit of research, found the same thing as you. There's 14 of these that have been graded by PSA with the mm -hmm. autograph PSA, PSA DNA. What, if you compare that to how many there are in the whole of the PSA database that are just, that are just 52 mantles, which of course is, you know, a grail of grails type card. There's about 131 copies of a normal mantle unautographed for every one that, that's autographed. I can't remember the last time I, I saw one of these that was available. You don't see them ever come available because it's the iconic card with a signature. Now, again, it's it's a one. Ironically, there's only, if I remember right, there's only um, five copies that are graded higher than a one. So... You know, if you're waiting for it, yeah, there's a lot of authentics in PSA ones. That's right. That's right. right. So yeah. there's only five total that are graded higher than that. I, I just, I look at that and I say, that's one of the coolest things out there because you're never going to find a Mantle 52 to begin with, but then to get one that's also signed, I can't imagine you're going to see one more than every, you know, three or four years. I, I completely agree. So let's transition from there to something even more rare, which is the, that Cobb I was discussing. Can you, can you pull that up, Jeremy? Because that Cobb is it's it's my second favorite card in the entire auction outside of the Brady. The Brady's your favorite? Yeah, I mean, 
what are you going to find a one-on-one Brady? Like, you know, I, good luck. Right? I said, I chance. said earlier, I said earlier that Brady was my favorite too. So, yep. okay, there you go. Um, and shout out to David Owens and Sean. What's up, guys? See in the comments there. Um, but so zoom in on that autograph. Now, this doesn't have an auto grade, and the reason it's a one, obviously, the creasing, the back's missing some paper. But look at how nice that auto is. And it's cool because Cobb actually traditionally signs in green ink, and this is not green ink. So this is actually even more rare than a standard Cobb auto because the majority of Cobb autos you'll find are, are all green ink, and this is not. I and that is a great autograph. I like that it's a fountain pen. I maybe it's yep. before the time of ballpoints. I know, right? You're oh. dipping it in and literally, yep. It's exactly. it's amazing the history of that card and how how important the T206 T206 set is for our market is I can't be denied. So that this card is one of my favorite in the auction. I think once again, you know, not to pump all these things, but this card should be sitting higher than it is right now. And I, if I could bid in our auctions, I would be bidding on this card. Well, it definitely has paper loss. You can see this card was, you know, pasted in a, album or something. Yeah, this was pasted in an album and it was then removed from that album. That's what the paper loss. You can kind of tell there was glue right there. And uh, so, I, I mean, listen, I don't feel the same way you guys do. I don't like either of these cards. And it's well, you're wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. And listen, I'm not knocking them. They're important. I get it. I don't. I just I'm not an autograph on 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 these I'm not an autograph guy on these cards. I would rather have a really nice green portrait cob in a PSA four without creases, paper loss, and I would sacrifice the auto. But I get yeah. how important that autograph is. I'm yeah. not I'm not uh, like naive to that. And same thing with this card. Listen, I would love to have a beautiful PSA three or or higher, of course. Versus a, a a one with like a tear in it over there uh, with an autograph. But again, I get I it. Teach his own, right? Teach his own. Collecting. Yeah, that's, that's collect. the beauty of our market is that you don't we don't have to agree on what we like, and that's why there's little niches and everybody can collect or invest in whatever they like. For me, the reason that I love this is that specific player that of that card that you want to own, they've actually held and touched that card. Hmm. That for I, me, the history of that carries a lot of weight. That that's a huge thing. I don't I don't deny that. So for me, my approach, guys, would be I would now I'll buy myself a 52 tops mantle without an autograph, and then I'll go maybe buy that mantle Griffey dual auto that came out in the 90s, you know, and get my mantle auto that way. Listen, I'm not going to do that, but that would be my approach. Um, the great the great thing about what you guys are both saying here is you got three really opinionated people here who all really <laughs> like their cardboard. And we have different differences of opinion, right? I will tell you, is I look at, I, I'm not one of these guys who's like independently wealthy. I have to really think hard when I'm going to buy a really big card. And so a lot of times I have to sell stuff to buy stuff. And um, what I found myself doing, take this for what it's worth, my vintage basketball that has, that's also autographed, but really rare. Like I've got a Maravich 71 with a beautiful autograph on it and a 61 Fleer uh, west with about as nice of a perfect blue autograph perfectly centered as you're ever going to find i can't sell either of those cards because although i might find other cards that are that that you know are big in my collection that i could sell again i'm never going to find that really nice autograph on the card again because like we say with the cob you've got two of them 
in the whole world. And you've got yep. mantles. And so um, for me, where I care about like real, like super rare, not going to see it again. That's, that's something that's crucial to me in my collection. I personally love the autographs on the vintage cards, but I've heard a lot of people like Jeremy who are just card people. They don't want the autograph there unless it was meant to be there. And that's where we just highlight that we're all different and we got to collect what we like. And you mentioned 61 Fleer, which is, in my opinion, that's actually my favorite set mm -hmm. in all of cards. In, in, holistically, that whole set. There's so many important cards in the 61 Fleer set. So a, a good West Auto in that set's amazing. Good stuff, guys. I, I like that we can we can like different things and uh, and come away come away all still as friends. It's very nice, very nice. Brent, I'm going to go to some comments. Brendan Ryan here says, I think saturation should be on the grading scale. I think what you mean is the amount of ink that got pressed down. If that's what you're talking about, I think it would be part of the surface grade overall when they're just looking at the print quality. But I, I'm not sure. I'm no professional grader. David Owens in the house. What is up, David? Good to see you. My guy, Sean, Victory Investments in the house. It says, perfect spot for the auto on the 52 Mickey Mantle, no doubt. Dexflow says, T20 what? T206, Dexflow. T206. <laughs> Bobby says, we love Jesse, but I miss I miss Eric. Howley Hustle. Yeah, we'll get Eric back in a couple months, I'm sure. He just He's just taking a break. He's in Dallas right now traveling. He's in Dallas at the show. Yeah. The Dallas show starts this weekend. Rob Gardner makes a comment. Good evening, fellas. Any thoughts on some of the amazing triple on-card autos that are up on the auction? Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, and Jordan, Pippen, Rodman. Still feel like there's some upside on these. So while, while I go find those cards, I'll let you guys talk about them. How's that sound? Well, this, this is right up Adam's alley, so I'll let him take this one away. This is definitely my alley. I I, I would say that the the Bulls triple that we that we have here, I don't think we've seen one of these yet on in our in our year of doing the premier auction, Jeremy. It's it's Rodman, it's Pippen, it's Jordan, all mm -hmm. on the same card. And I think uh, you know, I as I as I asked around about this, uh, I think there's only 35 cards total, like 35 total specimens where those three guys have all have all signed the card. So there's a reason why we haven't seen very many of them. Um, I feel like I keep saying this, but it's one of my five favorite cards in the auction. Um, you know, I I compare that to the big three one. I really like the big three one too with, with Kobe, LeBron, and Jordan. I'm not sure which of those I like better, but as a as a jazz fan of the nineties, maybe I don't need that triple bulls autograph <laughs> in my in my home. Maybe I maybe I'd nightmares. go with the, the big three. Stuff of nightmares for you. <laughs> Well, so here's the first one. This is this has got Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron. You know, this is a BGS 8.5. The surface is an 8. I looked at that immediately simply because I'm noticing some surface wear here, here, and yep. here. Oh, uncommon on those SPs. What's that? So it's not uncommon on those cards to have, have surface wear on that, on the foil on those SPs, on the triples. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's an impossible card to photograph, by the way. The, the 3D, the 360, the 360 on this is going to be kind to us, I think. Yeah, it, it's it's a tough tough one to photo for sure. So let's take a look at the next one here. This is also Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. This these are sticker autos, so not quite the on card as the as the the last one, but still pretty impressive. So look, at, this is at one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Well, go Same go back auto. really quick. What's that? So go back to the last one. What's interesting on this one, I just noticed this. It looks like this the the sticker was actually on the card when Kobe signed it because this the tail 
goes off the sticker onto the card, which is interesting. Yeah, that's super uh, weird, isn't it? Isn't that weird? Maybe. Maybe that's what's I, going on here. I don't think it is, actually, because see this little faint line right here? Oh, oh yeah. Sticker's oh, coming that, over the, That's the, the edge of it? So the holographic upper deck is on the edge of the sticker. I see what you're saying. Correct. Correct. Got it. Yeah, good, Got correct. it. That looks weird. I think yeah. this is a isn't this a five star sticker? Isn't there aren't or isn't there two more yeah. autographs on the back of this one? Oh I think there are. Oh look at that. Yeah, yeah. There is. That's Garnett why it's and so Carmelo. Yeah. yeah. Garnett kills it. I'm not a Garnett fan. <laughs> I love Garnett. You. What's kills Garnett? For you? He's he's a prick. He's oh, a prick. he is. You, well, he was great I've, in Minnesota. I've got some stories off camera that I've heard from some some NBA players that I could tell you. I've got a quad that has Garnett on it. Don't talk too bad about it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What I want to, I want to draw attention to this though, guys. So this is on card auto, 120,000 sticker autos, 27,000 higher grade. What's going on? Oh, that's five autos, but not well, much. It's, it's the guys on the back that kill it. Yeah, it is for sure. But the nice thing is at least they're on the back. And then you've got this one. This is, this is on card, on definitely card. on card. Now you don't have Sweet. Kobe and LeBron. So it's a big, it's not the same card, but what do you got? Listen, I don't follow triple autos like you guys do, or especially you, Adam. What do you think of this card at this price? And what this do you is, think of, of Rodman wearing the towel on his head? It's rare. This is, this is my favorite of the three that you just, that you just showed. Like, I, are you ever going to see Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen with the history they have now signed together again? You know, they're not, they're not going to. And this is the greatest team of all time. You know, it's the greatest player of all time with his two best teammates of all time. And there's only 35 of them. I, I just think like, if you look at the, if you look at the other one, the other one's over hundred grand, right? I think it was 120. Like that, that one has had enough sales to get to the point where people have just accepted that it's a six figure card. But as far as like historic importance, relevance of the three that are together, this you don't get any better than these three guys. You yeah, you don't see the three of them on much in general. And actually, we have we made a video of it just highlighting some stuff in the vault, but we have the only triple logo man known of those three mm. on one card in our vault, which is really, really cool. From uh, I think it's 05 exquisite. But uh I think Spinatron must have some KG in his collection because he's trying to hype up KG right now. <laughs> he's agreeing with you, Adam. He says KG's the man. Spino's Spino's smart. Spino's Dude. a really smart guy. <laughs> I disagree well, with you guys. Without him, Celtics is a drought of champ he's between right. Bird and Tatum. A drought of championships without Bird between Bird That's, and Tatum. What about Paul Pierce? What, you know, what about him? Huh? Paul Pierce could bar barely make it to the playoffs without KG. Jesse, come on. What are we doing here? <laughs> I met I met Paul when we were in Vegas for the mint, and he was. I mean, I'm a Laker fan, so I hate the Celtics in general. And that's part of the reason why the, the KG hate is there. But oh, um, Paul Pierce couldn't have been a nicer guy. He really couldn't have been. I had the opposite experience with him, so I'm glad I'm glad one really? of us, I'm glad one of us had the oh, good experience. He was hilarious. We we had a we had a good chat. He, he must not I'm, I guess I'm too tall for his liking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Max here says Garnett could hoop. He's just a terrible person. <laughs> My guy Max. There we go. There we there go. We go. There's some backup for you, Jesse. Game Time Gallery calls out the 48 Leaf Jackie PSA 5 for 16,000. Good price for that card, which I would agree with. Let's take a look. I, this is the card that I really want to acquire as well. The Noise Boys MJ and 16 seems like a fair price on that. But let's take a look 
at the Jackie, which is a card that I love. It might be the, I, I have a copy of this card. It's one of my favorite cards in my whole collection. I just love everything about oh, it. Oh, that's, that's why. So it probably actually needed a, a qualifier on it, to be frank. Um, the centering. Yeah. It's, so this is an eye appeal thing. So because it's so, so far off center, left to right, that's affecting the value. That's just the fact. Left, left to right and top to bottom. So Jesse, I have, the, I have the same card in a PSA six. And Sorry, it has I was just the, looking on your, your video. I can't see the, the, the top to bottom very well. Oh, hold on. Let me uh, take the comment off. And there we go. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's, it's almost miscut to be frank and that's right. that's 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 what you're seeing reflected in the in the bidding on this card it's great you are. the color on this thing is unbelievable though um the color the the, yeah the the registration the corners oh. the edges everything else is amazing but once again from an eye appeal perspective centering is huge and it's it's almost you know 90 10 so this card this card if it if, if there was a qualifier, it'd probably be like a PSA 7 or a PSA 8 with a with an OC or I don't think you get MC, but it'd definitely be an OC sure. qualifier. Yeah, sorry, and, I didn't mean MC. I'm an OC. Correct. You know, you said, I think you said OC. I think you said it. I, I'm just saying that. But I think that this card, yeah, it's probably, it's a 7, it's a 7 without the centering. So mm -hmm. listen, it's, there are people out there and I've met them who don't care about centering. They would they love a PSA 9 OC because you're getting a PSA 9 for the price of a PSA 6 or 7. That's mm -hmm. what they told me. I, I met a guy, I met these two youngish guys at the national, and that's what they were telling me. They were hunting PSA 9 OCs. And I thought, what an interesting approach. I've never heard of that before. So this card is going to appeal to some people where centering isn't the number one criteria for them. And uh, and again, all the power to them, and they're gonna get a great value. At the price, so good for them, really. Here, I don't know if Peeps is being serious. I was just centering is overrated, and you're not the only one who feels that way. So it looks here, like he says surface. Look at this surface and color, everything to me. I'm a surface. I put surface ahead of everything too. Centering is important to me too, but I put I put surface and 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 registration and color and surface wear ahead of corners and edges, definitely. Hmm. Oh, we're down hey, to one minute, guys. 8.32, one minute clock. One minute clock. It so, should come in with fury here now. Here we go. So anytime there is a minute, if a minute goes by without any bids at all on any items, uh, then we know that this auction is coming to a close. I'm going to mix things up here and just go back to not that, not that. Sorry, guys. Not that one. Where is it? Where is it? There it is. We're going to okay. go back to this one for a second. I'm just going to read these. Oh, look, Connor Mc... $95,000 on a great number for that card. It? It's a great wow. That card. What's that, Jesse? So that's a great number for that card. That is a big number for that card, yep. for sure. For sure. Because, it, listen, it's he also has his The Cup RPA, which mm -hmm. I actually think Exquisite's a nice-looking card, but the cup is more important in the hobby. We have a BGS 9, I think, in this auction, right? Cup? I think so. I uh, wonder what that's at. Let's let's have a quick look at uh, at. Oh, great! We got him sidetracked on hockey. We also we also need to sort by highest here pretty soon, Jeremy. We haven't done that yet. Yeah, we'll do that. Let me let me take a quick look here at the Cup RPA BGS nine at E and the PSA ten Exquisite is at ninety five. So they're neck and neck. Actually. Are those are those both game used? 
I actually I, don't know hockey as well. Are they both? I believe this one is. This yeah. one, we need to look at the back. So why don't we take a look? We'll look, we'll just prove both here. I'm gonna close out these triple auto cards that we were looking at before. Take the Jackie off the screen. Jesse, are we going to see some fireworks on the Brady? I hope so. It's a lot less than I thought it'd be. I don't. I'd, um, I'm wondering if there's just some big boys that are waiting towards the end to to hit it. I just I, I will never understand, and it's nothing against this card, but I'll never understand how a contenders can be worth what it's worth if if the if the one on ones only yeah. only worth it doesn't make sense to me. But people like I guess people like different things, so we'll see sure. what happens. The exquisite is rookie photo shoot. Ah. The cup is, I believe it's game worn. Another event used, both event used. Rookie photo shoot. I was wrong. Rookie photo shoot. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. this is the same level playing field. Yeah, it's true. Level playing field. Exactly. Yeah. These two, we, you know, these, these are great. This is an example of a card with a lot of white on the background, but a, but a great design nonetheless, where I don't feel like I did about that national treasures uh, jaw logo, man. But in any event, you know, the premium here from a BGS 10, which scores a total, oh, sorry, the BGS 10, 10, 10, 10, 9, 5, that's 39 and a half. This one is 38. So it's got four nine fives. You add that up, you get a grade of 38. 1.5 grade points is worth almost $30,000. So really interesting the way that all works out. A couple more Connors here. This is a rookie year emblems of endorsement, which is a beautiful What's hard would be curious is to see if that is game used. I'm I'm it's assuming not, it's, it's, it's not gonna be. I don't think, but let's have a look just to be certain. Event, yeah. yeah. Same thing. Okay. Yeah, same thing. Oh, I love this card. I love the I love the uh the the 81 uh, MJ. And the Larry, for that matter. There's a Gretzky rookie up to 24K. I think that's the 8.5, isn't it? I believe that's the 8.5 on the Gretzky rookie. Yeah, PSA yep. 8.5. We could take. I have to take a look. It's the uh, the obligatory. <laughs> I told analysis. you we'd be stuck on a hockey tangent here. <laughs> yeah. So this one, you know, the registration is not perfect. The Oilers sits lower than the word Edmonton. Two different plates: the black versus the magenta. I guess. Um, you've got that, that rough cut on the right edge, which hockey collectors love and accept it. The oil drop is not sitting perfectly here in its place. It's a bit down to the right. I mean, this, this card overall, not my favorite 8.5, if I'm being, uh, you know, honest about it. Um, bit of a print. No, not the saturation isn't quite there on the, on the black plate, the fuzzy, the, the blurry face. But, you know, this card also, you know, not if this was, I think this is an example where it's a week 8.5 and the price is probably reflecting that. This could, should be, would be in the mid thirties, I think, if it had better centering and better registration. So, um, I agree with that. but at the time, PSA must've really liked everything else about it to give it that extra half grade uh, point. So, okay. Uh, and that, that second year magic is what a card. Oh, there's a nice Jordan limited logos. And here we are 200,000 on Brian's PSA 10 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sticker and still counting. I, most likely. I still think that thing's going to go for over 300. That's my, out the door? That's my, 
that's my that's my all in. I think it'll finish over three hundred. That's what I I would uh, I hope, especially for Brian's sake. Yeah, it'd be great. For him. Brian's a stud too. He's one of my favorite people in this industry. Love that guy. He's a good guy. The Cajun Cardboard is his YouTube channel. He deep dive. He's a basketball only guy, and yep. he uh, does his deep dives. Uh, basically, does daily videos on his YouTube channel. Actually, so yeah, he's he's a, he's a good dude for sure. Jesse, are there any other cards that you wanted to take a look at while we have you? Did I catch you guys talking about the Kobe autograph out of eight already? Were you guys already talking about that? Okay. Yeah, well, just, that was that was cool. my that was my card I wanted to bid on that I was telling you guys about. What's that sitting at? I'm, I haven't even looked at it. 85. 85. With the juice or without? Without. Without. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, I thought the over-under on that card was about 90. So um I think that's that's a good a good number for the piece. Um What's the Trey Gold at? I, I I don't own a single Trey Young card, but I think that Trey Young is extremely undervalued for what he does at his size. And I think the Hawks are still really young and have a bunch of upside. So I'm curious what that Trey Young gold and tease at. That's amazing. It's amazing the difference that you know have doing well in the playoffs can create because last year everybody was saying, Oh, hey, maybe the Trey for for Luca deal wasn't such a bad deal for the Hawks. And now it seems like everybody's forgotten that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, but I love that card. I think that's um, it might still be a little bit cheap if you compare it to the Jaws and and all those guys that still haven't won anything. Uh, it you know a gold NT RPA that feels inexpensive. And speaking of gold NT RPAs, we have a Zion in there. Zion's an interesting one because the Pelicans actually made a pretty good run this year, and if he comes back healthy and actually stays on the Pelicans, they have a high draft pick that they got from the Lakers. Uh, I think they're the only lottery team that made the playoffs that are the only team that made the playoffs to have a lottery pick. So they're kind of, they're kind of an interesting team where if he comes back healthy next year, I think his stuff actually has, it's sitting pretty low because he hasn't seen a court an entire year, but that could, he could make a run and his stuff could, could go way up next year. Speculation, high risk, but it's an interesting card. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If he if he comes back and becomes what he was expected to become, now's the time to buy. When this product came out, that was not the time to buy. Now now would be a, a good time yep. for sure. Buy when everyone else is selling. What does Warren Buffett say? You know, that's right. That's right. Fear when people are greedy, and be greedy when people are fearful. And another one to look at is the uh, what's the Curry RPA sitting at? Ooh, that's a that's a gorgeous two eighty. I think is that it? Yep. I know the auto looks like he had a seizure on that card, um, but <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just the truth. It, the, he he like got bumped when he was signing it or something. Oh, yeah. But the patch on that card is unbelievable. It's fire, as they say these days. The patch oh. is fire. <laughs> I think I think we've used this exact card um, in BCF as the image a lot of times because you're right about that that little bit on the autograph there Jesse but you don't see you I don't you're not going to find a better patch on that card I, that's that's the best patch i've ever seen for any of his rpas and a lot of them have really good patches but that you know the r and the s for warriors that's obviously you know where they where they touch right there i just i love the look of that patch and i'm you know i think we sold the last one that was a i think it was a true gem plus and the auto was a 10 great patch as well but I think that sold for 700. So I, my guess is this one's going to get some bids late. Uh, it just feels like it's sitting way too low. 
And he's still playing, so it's, he's rel he's relevant for the what have you done for me lately crowd. That's for he sure. He sure is. Um, Couple of oh, go ahead, Jesse. <clears throat> no, no, no. I was just since we're on the Curry train. Another really cool Curry in the auction is the uh, uh, the Topps Chrome Refractor BGS10. Uh, it's only a pop three. Oof. There you go. Wow. So that card. I mean, you think about. It'd be interesting to look up what the pop is of LeBron's top Chrome BGS 10. I know it's much higher. The card's much easier because PSA 10 is much higher as well. And there's only 20. Do you know what it is, Adam? 20 something PSA 10 Curries? I don't. I think that's what it is. It's a pretty low pop because the back of that card, being black border, was very difficult to get a PSA 10 or a Beckett 10. And a lot of Beckett 9.5s have nine corners because of that back black border. And you can just see a lot of white on, on the corners of those cards. So. I'd be curious. Is that nine five that we have up right there? Does that have nine corners? I'm guessing it does. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. So, so getting, getting, and, and does the the B just ten have ten corners or is it nine five corners? Nine, uh, nine five. Yeah. But it's a it's a beautiful card, and being a pop three, if you want rarity from a pop perspective, I mean, good luck waiting for another one of these to show up. Mm. Pop three it, is uh, for for basketball rookies yeah pop three is going to be tough to uh to find another one of those uh, unless the pop grows but that is a card that is what numbered out of 500 or 500 yep yeah so it's going yep. to be tough to oh there it is right there it's going to be tough to find another one of those at this point in time you got to think just scrolling through the rest of the curries he had a lot of cards in this auction that's a beauty right there like immaculate yeah, immaculate just puts immaculate is so underrated in my opinion so underrated, man. I love immaculate. Flawless, oh. immaculate. Anything that has game-used patches, I just don't understand why they don't get more love. This is a card I would have liked. I, I should have made a play on this card. It's a beaut. What's well, a beaut? And under under 10,000 on that? Crazy. Out of 30. What's, out of what's the green kaboom, uh, green kaboom Brady at? Let's have a look. Let's do a Brady search now. Card. While we're while that's coming, I'm gonna to go to a few comments sure. here. Uh, Matt Clark said, "Didn't PSA get rid of qualifiers recently? I, I heard they've reduced the use of them, but I'd, I'd encourage you to go to their website and just uh, find out exactly what's going on." Chris Muir, registration is key on the 48 leaves. I agree with that. Spinatron says, "Guys like girls with two eyes on one side, but with good skin." Okay, thanks, Spinatron. Appreciate that. Benny Cromwell, what's going on? Jason Mills wants to know what the row two uh, jersey numbered Kobe is at. I we haven't looked at that for a little while, but uh, it was it was doing pretty well earlier. I think Adam, do you know what that card's at? I'll find it real quick. Thank you. I'll let you do that. Peep says the registration on that Gretzky is tough. Yes, it, I, I agree with that. It was Toledo Silver. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Peeps can't believe the cream sticker at uh, about over two hundred k. Spinatron PMG Green Mint, very hard. Yeah, almost impossible. Almost impossible. Spinatron says Trey needs a good hairdresser. <laughs> so true. I think he just needs to shave his head is what he needs to do. Just give up. Uh, 62.5 uh, is what John Pemberton says. Is that the price on the Kobe out of eight? Yeah, that's the, yeah, the, the eight of 150. Um, the Kobe oh. out of eight is at 85,000. The thing that we didn't talk about, Jeremy, I should have realized, but there's actually a row one, row two, and row zero legacies mm -hmm. of, of Kobe all in this same auction. So if you want to compare the three, they're all out of 150. And 
Um, you can see, you know, but it's, you it's, see it's road two. Road two is the true rookie, right? Uh, yeah, that's how most people how most one people think about it. Um, the row zero though is, I think I would argue the row zero legacy is is. Man, between that and the credentials, those are his two best-looking rookie cards, in my, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, that that Brady Green 101, I'm kind of surprised how low that is. Yeah. I think that's got some some room left. So. Well, well you're surprised. Like, why? Well, if, you, if you base it on what – I think – I mean, look at what we have. a We have a gold uh, PSA 10 Curry in this auction that I think is similar in pricing, if not higher. Well, here, let's just let's just do Kaboom here. Yeah, let's do Kaboom. And before we go to Kaboom, I just want to call out this card here, I think is absolutely stunning. Again, flawless and Game immaculate. Dude. Just so nice compared to NT, to, 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 to my eyes at least. Mm -hmm. But okay, let's do the Kaboom search. That's weird. That doesn't make sense. I wonder why that's happening. That's funky. Does it have like an exclamation point on it or something? Oh, maybe. Adam, look at you. I'm so good with my Boolean operators. You don't even know. <laughs> so here's the Curry out of 10 gold. 50K. Yeah, it's, look at it's, it's, it's a PSA 10, but I mean, Brady's is a 101. So I just don't understand. And even Messi 9.5 gold is at 38. That Brady needs – I mean, I thought that was going to bring – it still might, but I, I was expecting that to bring close to six figures, if not six figures. I think this I'm says a couple things. things. Yeah, sorry, one sec. I, I'm surprised it's not at six figures also. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, yeah I am I am too. I think it says a couple things, though. One one is – and we Well, look, there's a gold – it's first year – sorry to cut you off. First year gold is at 55 for Brady. This, this is what I was getting at is people love gold. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's yeah. that simple. We've seen, and we've seen some, some Kobe one of ones sell recently um, for not that much more than the out of tens have sold for. And, and part of that, you know, we always say that rarity wins and rarity does win. I think in even the one of ones are going to sell for more than the ones out of 10, but gold, but people love gold. Yeah, they do. That's, that's very true. And that some, there's some weird nuances in our, in our industry that, to me don't make a lot of logical sense and i understand people love what they love but the gold versus 101 stuff or a gold versus an emerald for an nt yep. or a gold versus a black gold for prism or flawless versus nt in general those things don't make sense to me um logically i want lower numbered logically i want game used so i don't understand them <laughs> it's I just i just don't get it the other thing that, I, that I've seen, Jesse, I've seen this on a number of sets. Um, you, the, so set collectors can drive pricing a lot. Oh, 100%. And nobody's, nobody's putting together the set, the one-on-one set. That's player collector slash investor slash driven. But, yeah. but the card out of 10, like the gold kaboom set, I don't know that anybody's putting that together. I, I don't want to speak like I know that. Mm -hmm. I can see a world, though, where set collectors drive some level of the interest in that and you're just not going to see that on a one-on-one. That's a fair point. Um having said that, I agree with you on the Brady. 45. I, I'd like to see well. somebody put together a green kaboom one-on-one set. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be fun. Uh, when you said no one collects the one-on-one sets, I thought well Spinatron sort of does. He he likes to go <laughs> yeah, after he does. some of that stuff. 
Spino's got more rare stuff than Sheesh. For sure. I collect Ichiro has joined us. What is up with you? Forgot about switching to Thursday this go round. Yeah. And I believe, Jesse, that the premier auction now for the duration of the summer, so June, July, August, they will all end on Thursdays. Is that the current plan? Not necessarily. So the reason the reason we moved this one to Thursday, you know, we've done them on different days. Um, but the reason we moved this one to Thursday was there was a couple other auction houses closing on Saturday. And we just felt like for the market and the industry, it's just not good to have that many, that many different places selling high-end stuff in one night. So eyeballs are bouncing around. It's to protect our consigners and also to protect or give bidders a real fair shake at paying attention to an auction. So yeah. we just proactively moved it to a Thursday, which is a good night because most people are home. Um, you know, Saturdays sometimes, you know, two things can happen. You get a guy that gets, you know, maybe gets a few drinks in him and maybe bids more than he should. So you get that advantage on a Saturday. Right. Um, but then again, sometimes people are out and about on Saturdays and they miss bidding because of that. So um, Thursdays have historically been great for auctions. And we just felt like, you know, we we had the responsibility to move it to a Thursday. OK, good. Thanks for answering that. I'm going to uh, move us three to the bottom of the screen like that. And I'm going to bring up that Giannis, that Giannis Green that just got bid on. That's an interesting card. I, I had actually never seen that before until uh, this auction. It's actually numbered out of five. Wow, that's rare. It's a really, really rare select, Giannis. It should be. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's worth because it's select. But it, once again, you talk rarity. I know it's a weird parallel that nobody's nobody really sees. But if you look at the back of the card, it's actually out of five. Hopefully that's not one that Adam was chasing and now he's upset I said that. No, I'm just – every time that Kobe pops up, I'm getting irritated that I'm not winning it. Um, oh. <laughs> I saw the look in your face. I'm like, something's going on. <laughs> yeah, I wanted that one, man. I wanted yeah. that one. But it is what it is. I'm just going back and forth between the windows and the top of the ticker is a little bit different. I guess it just depends where uh, – when you. Well, that's – once again, it's because of how many bids are – we got one-minute clock. So with all the bids coming in – it leaves it up there for a certain amount of time. It's like two or three or four seconds. And it just can't put every single one up there on the ticker that gets bid on. Okay. I'm going to do two comments here. The first one is from Skeppy. He says, Jesse, if you could please elaborate more about game used, what are some specific points of interest for you? Because I agree 100%. So game used wise, if you look at basketball specifically, NT is player worn, so it's not game used. Flawless is game used, and at, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. Immaculate's game used as well, right? For rookies, there's some stuff that is, but I don't think I don't think I think a lot of it's not game used, unfortunately. Okay. I I just believe, in, and to be frank, I have been buying lower end stuff, but all game used cards. I don't have a single card that has a patch in my collection that is not game used because. I feel like that carries more value because it was actually worn in a game by a player than something that they maybe throw in the locker room and took off and now they can call it player worn. I mean, you can literally wear it for one second, it's player worn, right? So for me, that carries more weight. Now you you have people that literally take the opposite argument and said, I don't want anything that has someone's nasty sweat on it in my card. <laughs> right? But I disagree. I want that sweat. I want that that equity that they put in on the court to achieve what they achieved. And I want that in my card. And I'd much rather have uh, a card that had a game use product in it than player worn. So that's what I was alluding to. And 
and basketball specifically, NT has been the staple and NT cards sell for more than flawless and in, in basketball for rookies. But I don't think that should be the case. And I think that the recent run up on 2022 flawless with, um, you know, the, the chase for the LeBron, I think it's helped the flawless market. It's brought some attention to flawless in general, which, is good, which I think is good. Right. Uh, but it's not, not comparable to NT yet. So I think we still have a ways to go. If it was me, it would flawless would be above NT. And also if you look at an individual box price, flawless is more expensive than NT and it's more fun to open too. I mean, you get a briefcase, you get to do some, you know, um, you get to disclose some sealed cards. Um, it's, it's a more fun product. It's a higher end product from a price point per box. And so I just don't understand why that doesn't translate to the final sale price, especially for basketball rookies that are game use. Yeah. And, and you, and you get Drake in your break as well. Right. I just want to say, I, I 100% agree with you. I don't understand. Um, you take, you take two cards that are, that have all the same attributes, you know, on card auto serial number to 10 or whatever, 99 and, and a patch. And if the pat one patch is game used, one is player worn, event worn, rookie photo shoot, whatever it is. If in Look any case, the, the, the game worn sells for less than the other, the hobby is the timing backwards. of this. Sorry to cut you off. Look at the time of this. See Spino's comment that Tatum championship tag is a sweet card. That's his card. Um, it's getting some action right now. That is a game used championship tag that's on the back of their back of their jerseys that they wear. Um, so great, great Tatum piece right there. That's getting some action. The Tatum's, the Tatum's awesome because it, you know Celtics have more championships than anybody else. I guess tied with your Lakers, right? With seventeen. Uh, are they tied? I think they're tied. I think they're tied. I could be, yeah, I think I could be right. wrong, but it's, um, it's close. If if it's not tied, it's it's close. But um, I should know that as a Laker fan. But okay. Just, Next question. I want to go. Dave David Chow asks a question here. I think it's an important one. He says, uh, "Is it possible to change the extended format in some ways? There are cards I want to bid during extended, like the Brady you just mentioned, but because I did not bid beforehand." I cannot. Now I know that you guys have this policy for a very specific or very specific reasons, but I'll let you address David's question nonetheless. Yeah. And I love David, but um, the, the point of this is to get your, you know, they've been up for two weeks. So, you know, you should have plenty of time to get your bids in and plan accordingly. Uh, but you know, most, the, the reason they're, they're like this is so that, you know, there's some action on these cards before you get into extended bidding. Otherwise you have no incentive whatsoever to bid on a card before it closes. So it's it, it honestly from from a auction house perspective it makes all the sense in the world to require people to bid on an asset before it gets into extended bidding and it's likely not going to change. That's just the way it is. So David, love you but make sure you pay attention earlier. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Uh here's here we go. Lakers Celtics both have 17 apiece. John Wee from the Center Stage app friendly to this channel says, I wish I could travel back in time and buy all the Steph Curry rookies out there. John, I would want to ride with you and I would race you to the store to buy them. Absolutely. Uh, here's a question though, that I want to, I want to get uh, both of your guys thoughts on this one. The freak asks, how much premium do you think a Jersey number card would add? Adam, I think you and I have probably talked about this several times. Let's get, let's let Jesse start with this one. Where do you, where do you sit on this, Jesse? What do you see in the market? Well, it depends on the card. So if the card is low serial numbered, 
and it's jersey numbered, it doesn't carry as much of a premium as if the card is higher numbered and it's jersey numbered. So if there's 2,000 of something that exists and you have, a, let's say it's Jordan and you have a 23 of 2,000, well, that card should be considered basically a 101 because it's one of 2,000 cards, right? That's the one card out of 2,000. Now, if the card's numbered out of 25 and it's jersey number, I think there's still a premium. I mean, it's probably, I'd say it's 1.3 to 1.5 X what the, uh, what the normal card would go for. In that scenario, if it's out of 2000, I mean, you might be looking at two and a half to three X. I mean, treat it as a one on one, it could go five X, right? It's that rare when you have a higher serial numbered card and a jersey number. Adam, how about you? That's the way I'd look at it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Jesse. It just depends on the card. I have card, I have a, a specific card I'm thinking of right now that was easy to find, but terribly difficult to find it, the jersey number one, obviously. And I probably paid, I mean, it's crazy, but I probably paid 10 X. What there the, you go. Yep. what the value was, but I just, I really wanted the unique thing, right? The one of one type thing in my collection. So to me, it was worth it. So here, here's the take guys. I, I also like Jersey numbered cards. I also like one of a hundreds or a hundred of a hundreds. I don't care much about 25 of 25 or one of 25, but I still think they're cool. But here's where I, here's where I go off the rock where you, some people will think I'm off my rocker. I like when a card, a hockey card is numbered 99 of 100, even if it's not Wayne Gretzky because it's Gretzky's jersey number. <laughs> or if it's got 87 of 100 on a Connor McDavid card, Connor McDavid wears 97, Crosby wears 87. I like seeing Crosby's jersey number on a McDavid card or vice versa. Am I going to pay a premium? Not really, but I might bid on the card where I otherwise might not have been interested in it at all. So talking about nuances and, and weird behaviors in the hobby, there's one, there's something that I get. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because it's gone through my head before when looking at cards that have a 23 out of anything serial number. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Adam can probably attest to this too, but you just think Jordan immediately like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I've, I've looked at a Brady card before that was 23 of 25 and even thought in my head like, oh, that's Jordan's jersey number. <laughs> yeah, even, even crossing sports. It, yeah. Jordan's the perfect example. 23 yeah. is definitely his number. And you got the bonus LeBron as well, if you want, right? So, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. As crazy as it may sound, and I'm sure some people would laugh, but hey, whatever turns your crank, right? So, hey guys, while while I'm thinking about it, we we didn't get we haven't gotten too far away from it. Uh, Jesse talking about the the flawless versus NT thing got me thinking. It does feel like in the last couple, you know, the last six months or so, we've seen a lot of catching up on the flawless, and right now the the third most expensive card in the auction is the Steph National Treasures, but the fifth most expensive is the Luca Flawless. Now, the Luca Flawless oh, is to five. It's to five, so it's a different beast, but sure. I think that that discrepancy, that difference there is a lot closer today than it was six months ago. I agree. I agree. I think that this, this recent ripping obsession that people have had with Flawless has just brought a lot of attention to the product. People, people also have seen how fun that product is to open um, and to, to be a part of. So I, I completely agree. And I mean, looking at these right now, oh, the judge is at 270 before the juice. So that's Ooh. over 300. Um, yeah, the Brady, I'm surprised it's as low as this. I you know what? Right now, that LeBron dual 10, that's a great number for that card. And the, with the current landscape of the LeBron market, that is a great number for that card. Um, that Jordan rookie, I'm actually surprised that hasn't got another bid or two. I think that 
that random sale that was canceled via my slabs that got out everywhere that was under 200k has kind of affected the perception of the Jordan 10 market because we hadn't seen one sell for under 240k in two years and then all of a sudden somebody put one up on my slabs and sells for 170 or something like that. it just it didn't make a lot of sense to me but I think it it might have scared off some um, some Jordan buyers and I don't think we've seen a PSA 10 Jordan that has a PWCC sticker of any kind ever sell for under, or I shouldn't say ever, in the last year and since they made it a run up, um, have sold for under uh, 300K. So I'm kind of surprised it hasn't got a couple more bids. So the SGC mantle is at 150 and the PSA is at 130, both fives, just different grading companies. I just noticed that. You guys might have noticed when this card went across the board earlier, I kind of snickered. I, these cards are hilarious. Um, who who who's buying these cards, Jesse? Like, what's the what's the allure to these cards? I don't know. Yeah, can, can I take a stab? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. They don't do it for me personally, but they don't do it for me either at all. But the but the thing is, I mean, you just have to step back and look at it. There's a lot of people who are open and flawless. We just talked about this. It is a one of one. It is in this case, it's one of the most popular players in the league. Right. I mean, I think this is the jaw, right? Yeah. It's a so, it's a but, pretty card. It is a pretty card. But it's different. Like there's no player attributes on the front. That's the only thing I don't like. Me too. You can't look at the front of the card and tell whose it is. It's a problem. That's that that for me is the only reason that I'm not a huge fan of those. I think if there was any any uh wording, photo, anything of jaw on the front of that card, it would go for at least double. It's oh, the yeah. dumbest yeah. thing I've seen in a long time, guys. It's it's just it's ridiculous. Like this is this is a brainchild that I would not be proud of. Um, hey, little do you know that that Jeremy's actually bidding on this thing. Is trying not to get anyone else to bid. <laughs> Stay away, guys. I want this bad boy for myself. No, I just think it's I think it's just a a, a, a ridiculous uh, card. But you know what? At the end of the day, some people, someone out there is going to like it. It's got these diamonds in it. I don't know if there's any significance to the placement of them or the number of diamonds in here, but uh, you said it the best there, Jesse. There's no reference to what player it is on the front. Yeah. You do get it on the back, but since you know we all like our fronts of the fronts of our cards much more than the backs, so I, I don't understand it. But hey, listen, they built they built the card and they're selling, so so I don't know. Is it from his is it from his rookie year? I think it is, right? The yeah, it's a it's a nineteen twenty. Yeah. So it's a it's a rookie. I mean, this is this is this is how you sell this, right? You say it's a rookie one of one of one of the hottest players in the in the NBA from one of the most expensive brands, and then you immediately highlight, look, this picture's not on the front of it. It seems semi problematic. But, Trust me, it's a jaw card. Trust me. <laughs> but look at the back of it. It's still a one of one rookie card. You know? it, how great would it be to have have that card be sold on eBay by a seller that doesn't do back images? Yeah. <laughs> right? Trust me. Just trust me. Trust me. Trust me. It's it, it's it's a yeah, guys. It it's absolutely ridiculous. I'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, we'll leave it at that for now. Uh, yeah, too funny. Too funny. A uh, couple more questions have come in. Unless unless uh, well, there's lots of questions coming in. But um, I like this. Kevin Walsh says, why travel back in time to buy the steps when you can just buy all the Luca rookies out there now? 
But Luca's not that cheap. It's not like he's affordable. So, but I, I get what you're saying still. John Pemberton says jersey numbers anywhere from 1.5 to 2x, but a rookie is totally different. Is a totally different beast. No doubt, no doubt about that. Matt Clark says I think Spinatron likes numbers. There's no doubt about that. You just have to follow Spinatron on Instagram to get a lesson in numerology. The one thing about Spinatron's numerology post are that that it's so small you have to screenshot and and zoom in to read what he writes. See, there's so many words packed into such a small place. Uh, Rich says 157 people watching, only 22 likes. Let's hit the like button. Hey, I'm not going to force anyone to do it, but uh, yeah, hit that like button if you're so inclined. I love this Brady. Again, this is just a beautiful card here. It is a pretty card. Oh, oh what a gorgeous piece. What a gorgeous piece. I collect Itro says, wasn't that $170,000 Michael Jordan rookie a fake slab? Is that was that, the, was that the situation? Was it a fake slab? I believe so. Yeah, I think it was a situation where there were there was a there's a whole bunch of drama around this. There were two Jordans that looked similar. I didn't re- I didn't really read into it, but but yeah, that's why the sale was canceled was because it was a fake slab. Ah, uh, okay. As far as I understand, confirms. Okay, all right. Uh, John says all the diamonds are worth maybe five hundred dollars. Should come with diamond grades too. Yeah, that'd be that wouldn't be the worst idea. And Spinatron says you can actually propose using this diamond card. Because every girl wants a card that might be John Morant on their finger, Spinatron, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, so let's go. Oh, look at the clock, guys. Uh-oh. It's not over. Don't worry, Uh-oh. Jeff. It's not over yet. I don't no. think we're. There's going to be know. a few that are going to keep rolling in here, yeah. I'm just I surprised that some of these bigger cards haven't gotten other bids, to be frank. Yeah, I'm shocked. Can we, Jeremy, can we sort by highest? Yeah, I was just going to do that, actually. I think that's what I have right now. Yes, we do. Let me just do a quick refresh here. We'll take a look at uh, this. I, I, I clicked on this. I want to see what this card was. And it was Oh, it's Carmelo. See, that's a logo, man, right there. To me, that's... Now, listen, it happened in the NHL, too. There's nothing that the card companies can do about this if that's the way the, the league and the, the jersey manufacturers are going. But it's just kind of too bad, right, that they're not thread like that anymore. All right, back to the sort by highest price. Any, let me know, guys, when you want me to scroll. Yeah, I just, I'm with Jesse. I'm, you know, maybe what's happening is you've got people who are waiting until the very end and they don't want to show. Wait, we're, getting, we're getting right there. Uh, what's, I wasn't expecting the Giannis to get much action, but uh, I think that the Brady and the Curry not getting any action is surprising. Let's see what's what's down in the next column. Well, this is at five twenty something right now out the door. Yeah, which so is a- which, in my opinion, is is pretty fair for that card. Anything here stick out to you, Jesse? Well, just that 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 Jordan ten hasn't gone higher. Um, I kind of expected that to to hit three hundred with the PWCCE. So whoever's got that is, uh, in my opinion, is getting a good deal. I think the out of five Luca once again, it's it's game used. It's a rookie. Um, I would expect an NT right now to bring a million plus in a nine five. So that, look at the Jordan here. Shows you the discrepancy. Take a quick peek at this Jordan. Centering is like bang on. Mm-hmm. Edges, edges and corners are like those corners are razor sharp. The edges are like, you know, almost perfect. Little bit of, little bit there. I don't, I don't see anything bad over there. 
I mean, this is a nice copy for sure. Back's got some slight left to right centering. Slight. Yeah, that's a nice card. That's definitely a nice card. I'm surprised that it's not. Well, it's a two. What's that? 264 right now out the door to the buyer. I'm surprised that doesn't have a couple more bids at this point either. Now we get to uh, here we go. So the, the cream is stagnant at 200 right now. So that's 240. The buyer is going to pay 240,000 for that card. There's the SGC five mantle at still at 150. The autos at 130 and the at PSA fives at 130. It's actually the more I look at them, this is a superior card. The SGC five is just so much better, so much nicer to me than than the PSA five. Yeah. Adam, are you good with this page? Is there anything you want me to show or? No, I saw Spino's comment here on the on the Brady made me feel like I wasn't crazy, which is which is good. What did he say? Sorry, I missed it. He says the Brady, Brady one of one rookie card is the best Brady rookie card, period. So we're talking about this card right here, which is currently at two hundred and ninety-six thousand dollars out the door, meaning including the buyer's premium of 20%. So, uh, yeah, it is. A, it's one of those cards that, listen, it's a little underwhelming from here, but when you hold it in hand, and I'm saying this without ever holding one in hand, I'm sure it's just a spectacular piece. And there's lots of cards that are like, Playmakers Theaters are like that too. You can look at a picture of a Playmakers Theater on, you know, on eBay, let's say, or wherever. The nice thing about PWCC is you get a 360 degree on the premier auction, so you can actually see that. But that's the Playmakers Theater is another card that is so much nicer in hand than it is um, on your screen. And I, I have a feeling, Jesse, is this card actually we, we looked at it. It is it is sick. And in, in, uh, we looked at it on the 360 earlier at the beginning of the show. And it is absolutely stunning from a uh, when you actually move it around, and you get the light bouncing off at a different angles. It's a, it is a beautiful card. So we're talking about right here. I, I guess what this in. what this auction what this auction is teaching me, Jeremy, is I guess I just don't have insight into why people spend crazy money on stuff. I just this if anything was just going to go absolutely totally bonkers in like the last ten you know premier auctions that we've covered, I would have thought it was this card. It, this it's it's the it's the one one Brady rookie, and there's just not very many of those and. It's in the right jersey, and it's a beautiful card, and it was graded in two thousand four. Like it's got everything going for it, but it's sitting at four hundred grand, which is a ton of money. But we've seen Brady sell for over a million dollars over and over again. So mm -hmm. I don't get it because I would rather, like Spino said, I'd rather have this card than have one of those cards that's selling for a million, which shows that I clearly know nothing. I wonder <laughs> if anyone in the audience is actually uh, bidding on this card right now. I wonder if Spinner they probably want to keep it quiet it. if they are. Yeah. If they're high bidder, they won't want to say it. For now, for now, they're being quiet, right? For now, they're yeah. being quiet. All right. That was Spinatron's comment. I got Dave a text. Perhaps, I got a text from, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, so I think Dave's comment here is about the Jordan rookie. He says, perhaps shows that even the really rich are a bit concerned about the economy. Mm. Could be. Could be. I don't think that's a. That's it. Oh, look it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's a bit on the Jordan. I got a message um, from 
from Jason Mills. He said, talk about Mark Jackson. Ha ha. Uh, it's not every day that a Pacers fan gets a card in the premier auction, Jesse. That's true. That is true. <laughs> the plaid picker says the market crashes here, people. I mean, yeah, if you're, if, if you're someone who collects commodity cards exclusively, uh, but it's funny to say market crash, plaid picker must be new to the hobby in the last couple of years, because again, you know, you take, you, we're still way up over the past few years, but I, unfortunately, not unfortunately, the, the reality of the matter is, is that so many people did come in recently. So that's the perception, right? But if you zoom out, which you're able to do, if you're not, if you've been in the hobby for, you know, substantial amount of years, you're like the hobby, it's the market's amazing right now. And it's not crashing on the rare stuff that I, again, I would have bought way more cards this past week if the market was crashing. I couldn't, I was getting outbid. Well, there's, so. there's some cards tonight that, you know, we've seen do really well and some that haven't. And I mean, this is also, you know, this is a good example of an auction platform where if you don't have the right guy potentially in the room that night, it can affect the final sale price of a card. Uh, and that's just the nature of any auction on any platform is that one guy can move the needle drastically on a cart. It's all it takes, right? All it takes. All it takes, takes two sure. guys really wanting it. And we're not done yet. No, so. we're not. We're still going. Nick Leach says the Dallas show was the busiest Thursday night I've ever seen. And uh, up here, the plaid picker said that the Probstein show was a bust last weekend. Dallas this weekend will make or break the hobby for the coming months. See, I don't know how one That's card show on one impressive. weekend can make or break. Like plaid picker, I think you need to. I think I think you're. Um, I think you're very narrow. You're, you're you're not. I think your lens is is foggy right now, plaid picker. Um, but that's. That is one of the narratives going on in the hobby right now, but I think that's a narrative that is that is generated through a foggy lens. You're just you you got to see the macro picture, and that's the one of the most micro type comments you can possibly make. And if that's what you're basing things on, then yeah, I mean you're going to miss some opportunities. I think is what it comes down to. But I guess uh, I guess time will time will definitely definitely tell. Kellen says card market is outperforming the stock market and crypto hard to call. This is a full scale market crash. I think talking about the real, the financial markets there. TDOT says every market ebbs and flows, but the tide has risen. Yeah. I mean, the tide has definitely risen over the last, over the last few years. I think everybody knows that Merle world says have seen the market slip coming with the cost of food, gas, et cetera, reaching all time highs. The money will not be there to sustain the hobby. For coming months, years, who knows? The one thing, though, is that, you know, we're, this hobby has survived and thrived through many economic downturns. 2008 came and went. Hey, in the spring of 2020, people were thinking that this hobby was going to go to zero because uh, the world was coming to an end and the exact opposite happened. So I... I'm just not going to take anybody's advice out there. I'm going to go with what I want with my gut in this hobby. And I've been doing this for over 40 years and my gut has never, never, like I've sold cards at the wrong time. I haven't bought cards when I probably could have, but overall my gut has, uh, has been very good to me as far as how the hobby goes. So I'm going to stick with my gut and uh, ignore a lot of the foggy lens noise that I'm, that I'm seeing out there right now. I like that you bring up 2008 because 
you know, we were the first people to ever create indices for the past history in our market using the data of all the sales that happened during the crash of 2008 and trading cards did go down. They went down 10 to 15% holistically, but we're talking about other markets taking a 50 to 75% haircut. So the, the trading card market typically is affected less than your traditional markets. And look, you, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future, right? Like I don't have a crystal ball neither you guys do, but it's possible that people are going to take their money out of the stock market and put it into something more tangible. We could actually have the opposite happen in trading cards. That's a possibility. I think right now, what I, what I try to tell people and explain to people is this happened last year. Cards took a huge hit in May and June of last year because right now modern cards are driving a lot of the values in our industry and modern cards are affected by athletes' performances. If those athletes are not on the court or the field playing at that specific time, then people aren't paying as much attention and their stuff naturally each year goes down 15 to 20% in the off season. It's cyclical. It happens every single year. Vintage, that does not happen. I bet you when we look at pricing in this auction for vintage cards across the board, a lot of records will be set for the last couple of years for vintage cards that were sold in this auction. Watch. Because vintage cards aren't affected like modern cards are because it doesn't require someone's play to determine the value of that asset. So it's everyone can look at things half full or half empty. None of us know what's really going to happen, but that's just the truth of the matter is that the, the trading card industry has been around for a long time. We've sustained and thrived really in recessions compared to other markets. And if we have that in, in our, in our market today or our economy today, I expect that to be the case. Well, Justin Vick, yeah, well said, Jesse, and I appreciate the comments. Justin Vick says it best right here. Sports cards is a lifestyle, and that's the theme song for this show. But it's actually true. You know, like investing in equities and bonds and, and you know, corporate stocks and all that, that that's not a lifestyle. That's a, that's a boring-ass job. Like, this is fun. <laughs> this is an actual lifestyle, collecting sports cards, being in the hobby, uh, and because of that, it's going to be able to withstand a lot of economic pressure. A couple of comments. Dave makes a great one here. High-end market isn't concerned about the price of gas. Listen, a lot of people aren't concerned about the price of gas. A lot are. Don't get me wrong. We cannot minimize the impact it has on, on you know, everyday average America and Canada for that matter. And the rest of the world even, I guess. But a lot of people, if you're if you're if you're spending, you know, four or five, six figures on cards, price of gas is 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 the least of your concerns. You know, listen, that's just an indicator, right? It's groceries, it's a bunch of other things, it's mortgage rates, it's it's a lot of things. But the the hot the, the sports card market kind of lives in its own little world, and it, it pretty much has for a long time. Tdos has many deep pockets have entered the hobby who are less susceptible to the powers of inflation. T-Dot also, vintage has locked in value. Many elites have come into the hobby and cards have certain authenticity, so the value is there. I mean, people will say there's no intrinsic value to sports cards. You can't eat them. You can't live in them. You can't wear them. You can't drive them. No, you can't do any of that. But a lot of people, myself included, would rather have a sports car than a car to drive. I'm due for, I'm due for a new car. I've been due for a new car for a few years now. My car is a 2013. Like, but do I want, no, it, Anytime I think about buying a new car, I'm like, damn, what cards could I buy? You know, it's like, no, 
I don't care about my car. I care about my cards. So anyway, lots, lots of, lots of discussion here. It's an interesting time we're in. Jesse said it well, though. We're always going to ebb and flow. It's a cyclical market with, and there's cycles within the cycles because we have different sports going and we have different seeds, different, and, and then you've got the mix-ups in terms of the shifting of the calendar for playoffs based on the pandemic and et cetera. I'm not well, concerned people, about the hobby. People need, I mean, the big takeaway too is, you know, if you, if you need to sell something because you need cash, that's one thing, but don't sell to panic that like the market's going to, this isn't, this isn't Luna coin, <laughs> you know, like we're, th this isn't going to go to zero for crying out loud. Like be patient, watch, Come July, stuff's going to go back up. People are going to be hyped about the national. People will be hyped about preseason NFL. The NBA season is only three months away. The Lakers will have a head coach, but the bronze is going to go back up. Like it's going to happen. This happened like the last three years. So everybody be patient. Just don't, I wouldn't sell right now unless you absolutely have to. That's my takeaway. And look, this is coming from an auction house that makes their money in people selling stuff. And we always tell people what we believe and their our honest opinion. And the truth is like, just don't sell right now if you don't have to. Jeremy, Jeremy said it best um, when he said, when he quoted Warren Buffett, and he said, you know, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. And I, I'm just going to tell you guys, like, like my, my personal collection is like a testament that that's true. I don't, I don't buy in up markets. Yeah. If you look at the best cards that I, that I bought in my collection, a lot of them I bought during, you know, spring of 2020 when everybody was freaking out, I was like all in on, on stuff that, People were putting out there so they could save their their dollars, and I was like, "This is great." That's cards from that came from that that three four months, and so you know, don't be just like Jesse's just saying. Don't be that person who who gets out because they're so afraid. You know, what are you going to do with that money? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I it doesn't make sense to me why somebody would do that. I, buy more cards. That's what I would. I do want to comment on on Joe's. Uh, Joe, Joe's comment about our 20% buyer's premium. Um, Joe, to be frank with you, man, it's it's only dreaded in your head. It's all calculation when you bid on a card. You know it's there. So if you if you want to spend 10 grand on a card, you know, bid accordingly. That, that's really it. Um, you know, have a budget in mind and bid on the card accordingly. It's as an auction house, it's much easier to do a buyer's premium than it is to do a uh, a commission structure. So um it's only dreaded because you're feeling like it's dreaded. But if you're going to spend 10 grand, spend 10 grand, whether it's on a platform that doesn't have a buyer's premium or does, it's really simple. Yeah, and just, just, just divide what you want to spend by 1.2 and that's your bid. That's the, that's your max bid. It's, it's simple math. And I think that's a great answer. And it's a, it's a, it's a logical answer too, Jesse. It makes perfect sense. The other, the other thing that I'd point out there is I think that, you know, he, he, he calls out the weekly auctions and you guys, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe you guys tried the weeklies for a little while without the buyer's premium. But in the end, it's kind of hard to go back and forth and be like, is this buyer's premium? Is that not? It's it's better to just have everything be all the same, sort of like the same payment. So everybody knows, okay, buying this, it's going to have the 20% on, on top. Is that is that true, Jesse, or am I speaking out of turn there? No, we... we we created the 20% BP for the high end premier auction because that was traditional in the higher end auctions. And then we wanted consistency across all of our auction platforms. Yep. So weekly has it fixed has it. So, so we have one fee structure now for every platform when you sell with us. And yep. so it's, it's consistency. 
you know what you're looking at and it's that simple. And the other part of it is you're going to find better cards on the platform. And this is psychological too, but it applies as John Pemberton says, the fact that I get 110% of the total price is absolutely awesome. So PWCC actually shares that 20% with the consigner based on a, a sliding scale. So it, it helps the seller and the seller is, is now incentivized to use PWCC to sell the cards because they might get a bit, they, they will most likely get more than the hammer price. I think it kicks in at like 50 bucks on the weekly where you get a percentage, you get like right. 102% of the, of the hammer. Yeah. And we're very transparent about it. Um, you know, there's no other auction house I'm aware of that has their buyer's premium um, and their, their rate structure posted on their website that, that use a, a BP model. And it's because they can find someone that doesn't know much about the model, promise them no seller fees on a hundred K item and the auction house is making 20%, right? Cause they're making the whole buyer's premium. So we just want to be upfront and transparent about it. Simon makes it. Here's another good comment. It says it literally does the calculation for you on the PWCC site. When you enter the bid, I don't see how that can be dreaded. So, I mean, listen, I, th I think, listen, mindset. I mean, I mean, look, Joe's not, he's not alone. We've had no. a lot of people that have made that comment, but it's just an educational um, response from us just saying like, you're just thinking about it wrong. It's, it's only, you're only thinking about it as a negative because you're bidding a thousand and you're going to pay 1200. Well, just when you bid that thousand, know you're going to pay 1200. Like if, if you think the card's worth a thousand, then don't bid a thousand, bid 840 or what, you know, whatever that, that math works out to be. And yeah. then you'll pay a thousand. And I just want to say, you know, to, to Joe, to Joe's point in all this is that, you know, it sometimes is hard to get past that, that psychological barrier because you, even though you can do the math, you're still bidding, you're making that bid and you're like, well, I bid that. Oh yeah, I got to pay that. It's like, you just need to, you almost got to get, you got to get your game face on when it comes to these auctions. You got to really be, this isn't some, listen, when you're bidding on, PWCC auctions on the, on this platform. Now you need to be prepared for that night of extended bidding. You need to have all your windows open, know what you want to bid on, have some notes, know your comps. If you, if you care and, and just be ready so that you're not going to make a mistake and go over budget and make that you don't go under budget. You want to make, make sure you win those cards that you want. So I hear, I understand Joe's comment, but there is a real, easy way to get around it in your head. And that is just, just everything that you said. Well, and, and talk about transparency, like Simon mentioned in the comments, our website does the math for you. So you actually don't have to do the math. Um, so it, it should be fairly simple. When you click a button, it'll say, Hey, this is what you're going to pay with the BP. So you'll know when you're placing that bid. Yeah. And that's, that's a real, that's a classy touch right there. Now, listen, it's almost, I shouldn't say classy. It's like, you should do that. So I don't want to over compliment, but that you did it is wonderful. It's, it's a, it's a great move in the, in the, in the direction of transparency, which is something that the hobby calls for in all areas, not just uh, what's your buyer's premium. You know, people want transparency all over the place. I think we, we deserve transparency in our hobby. Hey guys, we're we're getting there. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've gotten pretty low on this clock a few times. We're yeah, pretty low right now. I agree. Um, there it goes. So this is usually the stage where we start to see, you know, if there are people who are like waiting to to like really trying to wait till the end. This is usually when they come in. There's like that 
that brief burst right before the very end. I think I think we might be there. We're getting there. This is the latest. I think the auction is gone. So we're get we're getting there. I think we'll be done in about twenty minutes. But let's wait and see what what happens. I'm going to go a couple more comments because there's some good ones here. T dot wants to know to Jesse. Do any of your auctions have reserves? They do not. We actually always let the market determine what an asset's worth. Um, and so we don't we don't allow any reserves. Tom Newman says, do all premier auction items get the 110% of the hammer price? No. Um, couple little nuances to that. So we have a minimum fee, and this is to protect the integrity of, of our auction. So if someone's willing to put in an item that we think is borderline, uh, call it 24K all in or 20K hammer plus the VP of 24, there's a $2,000 minimum. So what, which is our normal fee of 110% on a card of that level. So if the card finishes at 15K, and the buyer pays 18, well, your fee is going to be 2K still, but you made the decision as the owner of that asset to let it run um, and it sold for that amount. So there's a, there's a lower fee because what happened is we would have, we'd have people arguing with us that, you know, a specific card should qualify for Premier and they would write us this long, you know, thesis on, on exactly why this card should be in the auction. And, you know, we have, I, I have a team of 10 sales guys. So if we let a few in each auction for each sales guy, well, now you got, 30 cards that might not really be premier quality that we let in because we're trying to do somebody a favor and it kind of waters down the auction a little bit. So um, we try to keep, keep it. So we put that minimum fee in there to let economics take over. Um, but on the higher end as well, any card that closes over 250,000 between 250 and a million, those cards get 112.5%. So you get another two and a half percent. And then any card over a million, you actually get 115%. So it's, it's one ten for the, I would say the majority of the quantity in premier but there are cards that will will do more. Some big bids coming through here right now yeah. as we're doing. Oh, that. We got down to a couple seconds there a few, yeah, a few yeah. minutes ago. Um, I'm going to a couple calls. So Joe, Joe uh, responded. He says, thanks for the response. It's dreaded according to a large percentage of the buyer's market. It'll change with some education, I think. I buy and sell exclusively on PWCC for a reason and will continue to do so. That's very nice of you, Joe. Um, I don't disagree with you. I think that the there is a large percentage of people that buy on eBay that don't like buyer's premium, but I think it's just an educational conversation that needs to be had with them that the numbers are the numbers and you're going to pay what you're going to pay. And that's it. You shouldn't pay 20% more because there's a buyer premium. Buyer's premium it needs to be calculated into what you're willing to pay. And that's it. Agree. Agree. Spinatron says PWCC provides curation and many eyes to a prestigious platform, which brings a lot of attention that is work and deserves a premium paid all the promotion on social media and behind the scenes. So you have a fan in Spinatron. Thanks for sure. For sure. I mean, we've been, look at the clock guys. Look at the Eight clock. Seconds. Let's see if anything late comes in here. Oh, there's bids coming. There we there go. Herbie. We there's my Oregon duck. Yeah, see, people are waiting to the last second to get these. Yeah. But it's a lot of the same cards coming by is, here right man. now. So that, that's why, you know, we did get a couple of random ones pop like that Ovechkin, that Zion. Those hadn't been um, battling back and forth. That Jordan, those guys have been going back and forth for a while on that one. Yeah, the jaw. Yeah. That Vlad's, oh, that's the, uh, the, the red non autograph. Yeah. The red refractor. <clears throat> 30 seconds on the clock. Let's see if there's been any changes here. I'll do a refresh. We'll see if there's any changes to the uh, to the the first page. 
Kellen Whetstone says uh, the Herberts are super low right now. It's and not surprising. Fun. It's not Go surprising. Ahead, Those, you're talking about a modern football player in the offseason who, to be frank, and look, I'm an Oregon Duck. I'm a fourth-generation Duck. I love I love Herbert. Um, but he hasn't he hasn't done anything. Um, it's just the truth. Like he's exciting, he's fun to watch. I think his team made some great defensive moves this offseason. So uh, you know, hopefully they can get in the playoffs and make a run. But once again, he hasn't done anything. So I think that's that's what you're seeing reflected in the price of of his cards. Um it, it just it's just gonna be what it is for modern stuff. If you buy you ever- the time, you're getting it burnt. Jesse, do you ever look at the results of these auctions once it's once the premiere is over and say, like, how many cards sold for over half a million? How many sold for over 100,000, 50 to 100? Do you guys do any analysis like that at all? I don't look at them in buckets like that. Um, we we look at, you know, Premier is a little different. For weekly, we all we always look at what the cards sold for based on our vault values that we have. Um, and those are traditionally in 100, about 105 to 120% of the vault values for, for weekly. Even even like, even the last week was 108%. Uh, Premier, I actually haven't done that with, which is which is interesting. But there's usually cards that stand out. It's it Look, in any auction, it's just true that there's going to be cards that do great. And there's going to be cards that don't. Uh, it's just, it, it happens. A Premier auction, a weekly auction, on our platform, on anyone else's platform, it, it's, it's just true. Uh, that's going to happen. And... That Brady is like, that's a, a case study right there. I don't know why that hasn't gone higher. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So whoever's high bid on that, I think is getting a steal. I just noticed this card here. MJ rookie SGC 10, mm-hmm. not even at a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, time. Uh-oh. Is that uh-oh. it? No, no, no not it. Not yeah. it. The, clock's, the clock's delayed by about, it's like a three second, four second catch up. Um, what got what got bit on late? Let's take a quick look at this Jordan rookie here. SGC 10, a third of the price of the PSA 10. Yep. And I mean, it looks pretty, pretty good to me. You know, little bit of I don't know if that's just the angle the camera's at or if that's in the edge. Same thing going on there. Well, what's what's interesting is so with the with the BP of twenty percent, that's at one hundred and two. Um, so actually, one sold last auction for ninety five. So this was actually done. Done this is actually higher. Yeah, I don't know what these in cards is, but no, don't go beeves. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's really my, I'm looking at, I'm making my comments more simply because of the difference in the hob, in the value the hobby attributes to a, a PSA 10 versus an SGC 10. This card looks pretty darn good to me overall, uh, you know, better than a third of the price of the other PSA 10, but that's. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I really like, you know, SGC is very, very good at vintage grading. Um I would take the value play of buying an SGC 10 over a PSA 10 all day, personally. Uh, they have some, they have a fantastic team, great graders, and I'm not saying PSA doesn't. I'm just saying that, like, I, from a value perspective, I would I would buy that SGC 10 at 100k. Yeah. 
No, you're 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 left with you're left with two hundred thousand dollars in your pocket or so. I go mean, three, uh, right? go by two and a half. Cut one and a half. Yeah, if there's so many so many things you, you can do that. I want to say a welcome, Lamim James, to the uh, to the oh, stream. There he is. Good to see you, and thank you for the 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 uh, disingenuous compliment. We appreciate it. <laughs> I click Ichiro says, besides the state of the economy, the worst thing you could do right now is panic selling. 100%. 100%. That has been one of the best comments of the entire night, outside of the memes. <laughs> Dave <laughs> Bolton says, rare and valuable are not the same thing. And that's 100% true. There's, yeah, that, 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 uh, cannot argue that comment whatsoever. I don't think anything more needs to be said about that. Uh, Jim wants to know any F1 cards in this premier auction? I believe they're, is there is a his name is escaping me right now for some reason I can't believe it Verstappen is it Max I don't think so Lewis Hamilton doesn't he have isn't there a let's have a look who else is named Lewis in professional sports right now it's fun to see this Jordan number pieces just just ticking up there one bit at a time I know. So there's two uh, two Lewis Hamiltons. Uh, there might be a Max for stopping in the uh, in the auction as well. I don't remember right now. Oh, John Pemberton's happy to see Lamim in the house. Thank you, John. We'll have the Lewis Hamilton. I just had a, a brain fart there for a moment. Jeremy, do a search for F1. Does that put in F1? Yeah, sure. That's an easy search. Two taps of the keyboard, and here we go. Oh, there's some. Okay, here we go. Ayrton Senna, Charles Leclerc, and Lou, and another. Oh, and uh, George Russell. George okay. Russell. Who the hell is George Russell? Well, he's, <laughs> I don't know F one very well. Yeah, he just. I I believe he he races for Mercedes now, and he just moved there this year after driving for Haas. I think the last couple of seasons, and he was never a top ten guy driver wise, but with Mercedes. He's doing a lot better, and it just goes to show how important the cars are in F1, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that, but Lewis Hamilton isn't having the season that he'd like to have because they they moved into these new vehicle, a, a new formatted vehicle this year. So, I I, I guess uh, I guess they're you know just not as uh, strong of a vehicle as they had before. Didn't know you were so knowledgeable in F1, Jerry. I'm not, and I'm getting my teams wrong because isn't Lewis Mercedes? Is yeah, yeah. I so actually, I actually did know that. I didn't know that. So it was Jordan you know that there were teams now. Oh, here we go. Jordan Jordan says that Russell uh, raced for for Williams. Williams. Now not Mercedes. right. Williams with that uh, with the female owner. That's right. I'm just thinking back to uh, to watching the documentary, which was excellent. I still haven't seen any of it. It's so good. Like, listen, it made me an F1 fan where I will watch the races. I, I don't collect the cards, but I definitely enjoy watching the races on Sundays when I have time. This is a card that was talked about earlier on, the 93 Griffey oh, yeah. Refractor with the NBA gold sticker on it. It should come up momentarily. This is a look at the difference in the image right here versus you go to 360 and you can actually see. Look at that. Look how pretty that is. Beautiful card, 22K, 24.4 out the door at the moment. 
or 26 four sorry let's see people are correcting me on my i love it because i always talking like i knew my f1 really well <laughs> right but i was kind of like making it up a bit as i go along so i just want to see what uh what comments are coming jordan says give it a shot jesse you may get hooked kindred okay. King Carl says, I have a Matthews Premier RPA from his rookie year. Only one on eBay is 10K. Do you think I should hold on to it? If you're talking about Austin Matthews, yeah, hold on to it. Uh, Kevin Walsh says, Russell will be a big deal. He raced for Mercedes once when Bottas was injured before moving up to F1 full-time with Williams last year. He'll be a solid investment. I mean, people like him. People like George Russell, but, uh, you know, it, it's it just – it's the car, you know, you need, you need the car to, to be effective. Like it's almost as much about, you know, you look at any sport, right? Like basketball, you, there's no equipment. You got your sneakers, right? Baseball, you've got your bat and, and your shoes. Football, you got your pads. Hockey, you got your stick. In F1, you've got your vehicle, which you, which, which you are engulfed into. Like it's so much about the vehicle compared to any other sport. I'm not taking anything away from these guys. I'm just saying. Hey, Jeremy, how do you like that Jordan Auto that just got bid on? I mean, I prefer if it was on the card versus the jersey. But as far as an, as far as a jersey, uh, sorry, as far as an auto on a piece of memorabilia goes, especially when it's a piece of fabric. That looks pretty solid. Like that's a solid looking, you know, on Jersey auto right there. And kudos to Mike, to MJ for signing it so well. Yeah. His autograph never fails to disappoint him. He's just, he's just awesome. But if, if you, that's a good 3d or a th good 360 one too. That's got some etch hollow foil around the patch window. That just is awesome. Beauty. Max here says, unless you're in the hospital, how are you so injured? You can't drive. <laughs> it's like it, it, yeah i mean oh wait we're over is it done it's, it's it done. over the auction has ended and immediately you see the the prices with the built-in buyer's premium so let's now clear all let's go to the front page jesse adam and let's look at the first page we'll run through the first page results Pretty quick here. We are sorted by highest price. <clears throat> and I'm just going to run through these guys pretty quick just to see what's going on. So these are the top 24 auctions, the top 24 lots on the May PWCC Premier Auction by highest price. In the number one spot, guys, is that Giannis Gold Prism rookie at a 10 $528,000 in the number two spot is the, the clear showcase Tom Brady rookie, one of one, $396,000. Third, Steph Curry, NTRPA, $336,000, followed by a 2013 Bowman Chrome Super Fractor Aaron Judge Auto, one of one, $324,000. Moving on to spot number five is the Luca Panini Flawless Green Vertical Patch out of five, $312,000. And the Michael Jordan PSA 10 with the PWCC E for Excellent, I believe. Is that right, Jesse? E for Excellent? Uh, exceptional. Exceptional. So E for, hey, both same root word, $276,000. 2003 LeBron James Ultimate Auto, 
autograph rookie out of 250 does 276 as well. And then the eighth spot is the Charizard first edition shadow list does $264,000, followed by the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sticker does 240. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. tops Chrome Red Refractor in the 10 spot with $228,000 out the door, followed by the Michael Jordan Limited Logos Exquisite. 2003 first year exquisite does 222 only beats out the steph curry bgs 10 refractor rookie by twelve thousand dollars does 210k that's a pop three in a bgs 10. i like that next up the Giannis nt rpa out of 99 does 192 thousand dollars that's a bgs 9 the nicest mantle in the auction comes in at one hundred eighty thousand dollars. that's an sgc5 followed by the Ronaldo rookie, then 2003, Mega Cracks does 168. And then LeBron James, 2003, Bowman Chrome Gold Refractor out of 50 does $168,000. Next up, we have a Kobe Bryant Topps Chrome Refractor PSA 10, 168K, followed by the Josh Allen. That's a nice looking card as far as NT goes, in my opinion. PSA 10 with the Auto 10 does 162. This is a card that's gaining popularity lately. I've noticed the 2002 tops. Tom Brady, autograph, piece of authentic football out of 150, does 156. And then one of these, both of these guys, favorite cards in this auction, the autograph, 52 tops, Mickey Mantle, PSA 1 with the auto 8, does $156,000. We're winding down here, guys. Giannis NTRP out of 25, does 156. The PSA 5, Mickey Mantle, does 156. Again, comparing that to the SGC5 that did 180. SGC5 outselling PSA5. Second last card we're going to look at, the Michael Jordan NT limited, sorry, exquisite limited logos. Does $156,000. Pop one of 13 in a BGS9, none higher. And the other favorite card of Jesse and Adam in this auction is the Ty Cobb 1909 T206 green portrait with an autograph right on it does $144,000. Those are your top 24 finishers. Jesse, final thoughts on, on the top 24 and the auction overall. Yeah, I think you see that, you know, Vin, I mean, look at the mantle. The vintage stuff is still doing well. Um, I mean, that's a big piece and, and rare stuff is doing well. I think the Brady, the Brady 101 is interesting. I wonder if the fact that there was a second one just kind of like took a lot of the luster out of it. And if it was really a true 101, it would have gone for a lot more. Um, the Curry RPA, I think, was affected by him not playing that well in the playoffs. Even though they're winning, he hasn't been carrying his team. And the auto, obviously, in that card affects it. Um, that's a great number for the Giannis, in my opinion. I think that's a good number for the judge as well, uh, considering that he, you know, he's playing well this year but hasn't really done a whole lot. Um, if you scroll back down, I'd like to see flaws do better for, uh, the Luca, but is what it is. Jordan, once again, you know, I think that was affected by the my slab stuff. 276 on that LeBron ultimate is an amazing number on that card. I mean, that's, that's a huge number. That might even be a record for uh, a dual 10 ultimate LeBron. Pokemon 264 is not crazy on that card. Uh, I do wish that that Kareem got a couple more bids um, for Brian's sake, but uh, you know, still for a non-rookie sticker from the 86 Fleer set, it set a monster record for that card. The uh, the Vlad 228, based on what our BGS 10 last auction sold for, that's about right. 
That's about what I expected. 200 was like the over under my opinion. Um, exquisite limited logos, Jordan. Yeah. Look, we've had some really nice three color patches do not a ton more than that. So the fact that a two color did that, I think is a good number for that card. Courier Fractor, I think that's probably a good buy at 210, considering it's pop three and PSA 10s had been doing around 200. Giannis, that might be a really good buy for Giannis. I think his stuff, obviously, the gold didn't get a bid and extended. Those bids came in before they lost to the Celtics in game seven. So I knew we wouldn't see much movement on Giannis stuff, but getting a three-color Giannis RPA is very hard. It's really hard to find. Yes. Um SGC 5, 52 tops mantle going for 180 is a big number for that card. That's a that's a really good price. And uh let's see. Mega cracks mess. That's that's low in my opinion. I think that's uh that's a little surprising. I think if you have hit the market lately, that's probably why it's affecting it. Do you know the pop on that card? It's 20 or 30. It's somewhere around there. That's low. It's it is low. It is low. Um I think that. Gold refractors decent. Okay. Um, How about this guy? Yeah, you know, those shot way up just like the Jordan 10s and have come back down. Greening is affecting the sale price on those pretty pretty heavily. That one did have some greening on his his arm. I can't tell if it has any on the legs, but um doesn't look like it. Yeah, it's it's uh I think. Adam, have you seen those sell? Were those going for like high ones? Like it's not too far off. I haven't really tracked him. To be yeah, honest. I don't. I don't think that one's too far off. To be frank. Okay. Josh Allen. That's decent, uh, on Josh Allen, right? I mean, look. Once again, we're talking about a guy that hasn't done anything. Yeah. I mean, just to be frank, right? Like it. No, it's true. He. He. Look. He probably should have won that game against Mahomes, but didn't. And he hasn't done anything. Herbert hasn't done anything. Um, you know, Joe Burrow hasn't done anything, but they look really good. And the AFC is going to be a lot of fun. So I think that's a pretty good number for, for an RPA of a guy that hasn't done a whole lot. Those relic cards have been blowing up lately. Those have been doing really well. Um, the Mantle Auto, I'm a little disappointed in what that went for, but I don't I don't know what the last one sold for. I just feel like they should be worth more, but that's a personal thing. Giannis, okay. PSA, five, still a good number for that. Um, that Jordan exquisite, I think a pretty decent number for that being a, an 06. And then the Cobb I mentioned, kind of the same thing as the Mantle. Like, I would have thought that would have done a little bit better. But um, these are my honest opinions on the cards. And, uh, you know, all in all, considering that everybody feels like the world is falling apart, uh, I don't think it was too bad. Adam, any any? We're not going to run through them all with with you again. But we, that'll be three times. But any comments from you on anything that sticks out? Not necessarily on the first page, I guess. Other than, um, I guess, two, two quick things. I think if we look back at, at all the premier auctions we've done, Jeremy, I think this one is really strong in the hundred uh, two hundred thousand dollar sales. There's a lot of them in here. There's a whole bunch of hundred and fifty thousand dollar sales, and. I think that's, you know, we didn't have the big million dollar sale this time, but I think it's kind of cool to see so many cards selling in that, in that, you know, mid 100 range. And then the other thing that stands out from that front page is, and also into the second page is the Jordans. You're going over one right now. The Jordans sold really well in this auction. Joe uh, made a couple comments and I thought he was spot on. I thought the same thing around the limited logos. 
I think this is a public record for the Jambalaya. That's a really significant sale. Um, and so... Uh, that jersey number Kobe did great too. What's that? The jersey number Kobe right there, the Flair Showcase. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it has eight. As did the uh, my my favorite card of the auction, the ultimate the ultimate autograph patch to, to eight, which I came in with high hopes for today, but 111 was more than I was more than I was going to yeah. do. So, huh. 114 on the Connor, uh, exquisite. That's got to be a record for sure. I don't think that's, that's a record. record too. Yeah, the Brady flawless has to be a record. Yeah, that's wow. And break it five, I guarantee that's a record. This might be one of the sort of steals of the night right here. Yeah. Just from an overall value perspective. You I, know. I love, to be honest with you, one of my favorite cards in the whole auction is the card right next to it. It's that LeBron Dual 10. <clears throat> the limited logos. I oh, yeah. love the design of that card. I love the patch on that card. The fact that it's a Dual 10. I mean, it, there's a handful of cards. If I was able to bid in our auctions, I would have gone after, and that would have been one of them. Yeah. How do you nice how do you card. deal with that, Jesse? Not being able to bid in your auctions is that? It just is what it is. Uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate we can't bid in weekly. We can't bid in anything. So it, it's it's it, as somebody who loves cards, it's it's difficult, but it comes with the territory, you know. So I mean, do you know? Do the other auction houses do that, or is that something that you get that mostly you just guys just do? I, I don't know. I can't speak for for what other auction houses do. I just know that our policy is that. You know, no employee can bid on any cards in, in any auction format that we have. We actually don't even have the ability to. If I go, even on my admin side, if I go into the auction, it says register to bid. I click to register and an error pops up. Like I can't even, like I can't even try. Is that true for, um, for the, I forget what we call it, the static marketplace? The, oh, the fixed yeah. price? Yeah. Yeah, we can't, we can't bid on, we can't buy anything. Okay. Yeah, we can't buy anything. Good to know. We have, we have access to too much information. Um that we could, you know, have an advantage. Understood. Oh, I want to bring up David Chow's comment here. It says, I got the cards I want. Thank you for your comments earlier, Jesse. I understand, I think, uh, regarding the, the extended bidding. Oh, system. yeah. yeah. But David, are you willing to tell us what you bought? No pressure, but, uh, you know. <laughs> tell us. <laughs> curious if you are. But again, no pressure. No pressure at all. Thomas Newman says, just have a friend do it. <laughs> Not how we operate, dude. <laughs> Dave says, most other auction houses allow house bids. Hmm. BGS Mc... Ah, the BGS McDavid. Oh, hockey guy. Look at that. Huh? David knows. He knows what's good. He knows what's good. Congrats to David. Congrats on that, Dave. Congrats on that. Yeah, Justin Vick's asking for a show and tell. Yeah, I guess if anybody wants to share and hear anything they won, that'd be uh, be so cool. Yeah, yeah, anybody else out there? If you uh, if you're watching, you bid and you won on anything, you want any of these cards tonight? Let us know. We'll go for a couple more minutes here, then we're gonna wrap up because we are coming up on three and a half hours uh, that Adam and I have been going, and Jesse's coming up on two himself. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up pretty soon here, everybody. And uh, before we do, I'll just thank everyone for joining. Always uh, one of the I mean. I know Adam. It's your favorite night of the month. Uh, you know, I get to I get to go live and live stream several uh, well, four or five nights a month. So this is it's always fun to have Adam join, and whether it's uh, Jesse or Eric from PWC that comes on and join, it, it is definitely a blast. Definitely, definitely enjoy enjoy this night. Um, 
Yeah, uh, don't forget the Sport Card Expo is coming up June 2nd to 5th. I will be there. PWCC will be there. Are you yourself going to be there, Jesse? I am. I'm flying to Florida to shoot our next Unvaulted on Wednesday and taking a early morning flight that Thursday to Toronto. So we'll be there for the, I think the VIP thing kicks off on Thursday afternoon, right? Yeah, it's Thursday yeah. from four till eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll extend. So Thursday night after the show ends at eight o'clock, Jesse, I invite you and your crew to come join us at uh, the Jack Astor's restaurant. We've got okay. uh, the outdoor, we've got the indoor patio actually booked. Okay. Uh, so Great I'll be kind of hosting a, hosting a bit of a get together there if you're able to come by for a, a drink or have a meal, whatever you want. Sure. Sure. We're in. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, okay. Anything else I can quickly announce to you all? Check out, well, let me call out the people that uh, support this channel. Of course, I want to direct you all to your I, to your to um, the Apple Store. Download the Center Stage app. It's a wonderful app that continuously gets better. Of course, don't forget about Trade Safe Hub to do some safe trading online on, on you know, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the uh, Facebooks of the world. We are here to help you get your cards without having to worry about vouchers and who sends first and all of those sorts of things. Quick thank you to Justin Vick, says great show. Always enjoy the commentary on the action as we enjoy. Here we go. Kevin Walsh won the PSA 10 SP Authentic Tiger Woods in the last premiere. It was the one numbered 400 of 900. Seems like someone got a great deal on the PSA 1010 auto in this auction. Ooh, adult dating site. That's nice. Yeah, we're getting the spam now. Thank you. Welcome, welcome to the spammers. Let me just do a very quick uh Get rid of that, and it's gone. Thank you to them for for. But hey, you know when you get the spammers that you're you're worth their time. Yeah, so you, you made it, Jeremy. There you go. <laughs> a couple spammers, a couple haters, and uh, hooray, go me. <laughs> Good stuff. Couldn't do it without you guys on these nights. I appreciate it. Very uh, very very uh, fun evening here we had. I mean, this was this was great, Jesse. Thanks for thanks for coming out, Adam. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank, you're welcome. Thanks you as always, guys. Collectible Live that I do on Sundays now streams on the Sports Cards Live YouTube channel starting this Sunday. So uh, come check that out. And um, yeah, I'm sure there's more things I could announce and talk about, but nothing is popping in my mind at this time. BCFMag.com. Go to BCFMag.com. Adam is the editor-in-chief. That is, He's holding it right now. That is the cover. It is a wonderful magazine. High gloss all the way through. Yeah, really nice magazine. You do a great job on that, Adam. So check that out, everybody. Anything else? Any any shout outs? Anything you guys want to do, or we're just we're we're done. We're ending this. This is over. That's it. It's ten o'clock for my for me. Let's wrap it up. All right, next, guys. You next, do hang uh, one next one's on. Oh, sorry, Jeremy. Real quick, is the next uh, one on Thursday? Is that right, Jesse? Another Thursday night. Um, well, the eighteenth is a Saturday, so either it's going to be the eighteenth on a Saturday or the following. Thursday. We're still a little TBD okay. on that, but we'll, uh, we'll announce it here soon. Okay. All yep. right. Good stuff. Got you two hang tight right there. If you don't mind everybody else, thanks again for joining. We'll see you on Saturday on sports cards live. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you lots. Take care. Have a good night. The weekend is upon us. Happy, happy. Joy, joy.